0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Magnolia
1: Beef and Seminary has top quality beef products that are raised right here in Mississippi. They also have fantastic gifts for every age. For the best beef in Mississippi and so much more, visit Magnolia Beef and Seminary or find us on Facebook.
2: Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Who
0: are you? Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
3: to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard Gibbard and Rhino in the studio on this Monday. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Here we go again, kicking off a new week, lots of stuff going on, and I wanted to start by making a correction to something I said last week, been meaning to do this for a couple of days. It's the day we played the Love Boat theme song, remember that? by the great Jack Jones. And Jack, I mistakenly said, was married to Shirley. He was not. It was Jack Cassidy. Apologize for that, make a mistake. I figured it out about an hour afterwards. I said, you know, some ain't right about that. And of course, Shirley played the mother of the Partridge family on the famous TV series and was the stepmother to David Cassidy, who played her son on the program and was the biological mother of Sean Cassidy, who was a singer, actor, director, etc., producer. Not director, producer, I think. So anyhow, just wanted to get that correction out there. Uh, Made a mistake. Apologize for that. Got that uh, redacted, I guess, as we say. In the meantime... Friday afternoon, after we left the program here, all hell broke loose, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's like they waited until we got off the air before they dropped it. (laughs) Exactly. The Supreme Court of the great state of Mississippi says, you can't have no medical marijuana program under Initiative 65.
2: Heck, they said you can't have an initiative program.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they invalidated the initiative process.
2: And for the time being, it
3: seems. That's right. So uh, we uh, are fortunate to have a joining us later on in the program. We have got uh, Aaron Rice. He's the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. Good friend as well. He'll join us at 1105 and try to unpack all the legal complexities. Lots of questions, valid questions, from Mississippians. One thing for sure, there are very strong feelings on both sides of this issue, are there not? And I I really, I'll just say this, I don't like to see our state divided as it is over any issue. But this one is, uh, it's just really a little surprising, in my view, just how vitriolic it has evolved uh, in, a, in a short couple of days, uh, right afterwards, I mean, the vitriol was, it's, it's what do you call it, Brian, it's the dopamine effect, oh, right? Yeah. People On are addicted to dopamine. Social media, and they're...
2: Invisible internet cool points.
3: Yeah, because, you know, your voice is equal to everybody else's in that world, in the, in the social media world, you're the same as everybody else. You just put words out there for the world to see, express whatever you want. So it does feel like, though, people say things, uh, shall we say, write things, post things, that they probably would not to your face. You think? More often than not. I think there's a certain amount of liberty and masking, uh, (laughs) to use a a present-day popular (laughs) term, of uh, I think what otherwise would be a a, a little bit more amicable uh, discussion. I hope so. Well, I don't like to see it either way, but anyhow, this is really a contentious matter. So the mayor of Madison, Madison the city, Mayor uh, Mary Hawkins, did prevail as the plaintiff, and we'll see what happens now. So uh, I happened to administer one of the administers, uh, administrators excuse me, of a Facebook site that is called Mississippi Politics. And I put a little poll up. Uh, I think it was yesterday when I did it. And uh, just a poll, just to gauge kind of what folks thought about the situation. And, you know, it's kind of surprising to see – I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I, it's just interesting is probably a better way to put it – to see kind of the results of that poll. And basically what I, I, how I structured the poll was whether or not – what people thought the next course of action should be. And that ranged from – the governor should call a special session immediately to enact a medical uh, marijuana program 100% consistent with Initiative 65. Just take Initiative 65 and put that through the legislature, send it to his desk, get that done, boom, I-65 becomes law. Or should he convene a special session to enact a program similar to 65, but with structural changes to the tax and regulatory framework, pretty much what the legislature uh, proposed to do under 65A. Hey, just give us the power. We want a medical marijuana program. Confer the power to the legislature to draft
2: legislation
3: as they see fit. You agree? That's, That's basically what 65A did.
2: Yeah, I would go so far as to say that's what was proposed, but then shot down this legislative session as a stopgap in case this happened. Right,
3: which is interesting unto itself as well. So that was option two, and then another was, hey, just start from scratch, wait till 22, start from scratch, draft a bill. Or another one was, we should just abandon this notion of having a medical marijuana program in Mississippi, or let's wait till the 22-22 session and pass 65 or something like it. I mean, so it was really, let's convene now and pass 65, let's convene now and pass 65 with some modifications that, that the legislature, I think, really wanted to do. It, it appears to be a broad consensus from many in the legislature want, wanted to do anyhow. And anyhow, the, what won in the poll, and this is a small poll, this is a few hundred people, 109 votes went to that first option to enact a program 100% consistent with 65. 50 votes went to the next option as, of convening a special session now or as soon as possible to pass something similar to 65 but with a change in the tax and regulatory framework. So that's kind of how it shook out did have five votes where voters said we should abandon the concept of a medical marijuana program in the state of Mississippi and just a few said we should wait till 22 and sort this out the 22 session. So, just wanted to pass that on. It's, uh, again, it's, it, uh, it's not statistically valid sample. There are about 4,000
2: members in this group from across the state. I would say the most likely scenario is not even an option on there. Most likely scenario would be the governor calls a special session for the legislature to fix the initiative process and doesn't touch any of the potential initiatives, including 65. They just try to fix the process in a special session and kick the can to the next regular session. Okay. I think that's more likely to happen
3: so uh, here's what I would uh being the devil's advocate here, there's less of a sense of urgency for that. Well, I shouldn't say that because there are five got five of them out there five now. of them out there to fix the problem. Yeah, so uh, you're right in that respect, uh, maybe so. Now, you are aware that numerous attempts were made to cure this problem by members of the legislature. I know Senator, then-Senator Michael Watson filed a bill in 2015 to do so. Fifteen. And there were others. I I believe, if I'm I'm not mistaken, a total of seven. Is that your understanding right? From what I remember, yeah. I think that was even stated in the oral arguments, arguments if I'm not mistaken, uh, in this case. But uh, there were multiple attempts. By members of the legislature, various members. I don't know that it ever got out of committee.
2: Not that I'm aware of, Now, I think that's true. But, hindsight being 2020, were they comfortable in letting that bill die in committee, falling back on the previous Attorney General's statements yeah. on the matter? Yeah. We should
3: probably uh, read that statement. When we come back, we've got J.T. Williamson himself going to join us. But right now, does it not seem like we we have a Constitution that says the people are to have a ballot initiative process, but we don't have one? So that seems to be a legal problem, too. That's why we got Aaron Rice coming on to help us with that. It's time for a break. Again, when we come back, J.T. is going to join us. I know he's got some thoughts on this matter. Can't wait to hear from him. Stay with us.
4: The Wall Street Journal reports a 15-year high in the investment you've made in your home. The real estate market is nothing short of amazing. My friend Lee Garland will attest to that across the entire Capital City metro area. If you sell your home, the demand is red-hot. For the seller, the need for good homes is incredible. They're selling fast, and many times over-list. For the buyer, interest rates right now are low, meaning you get more for the money. Lee Garland's customer satisfaction feedback is most impressive. Take, for instance, Rachel. She listed her home, got little or no results. Then Rachel took our advice and called the Lee Garland team, and the difference was like night and day. Lee immediately put his superior marketing strategy in action. In just four days, Rachel's home in Brandon sold for 21000 over the previous agent's list price. That's why Lee can guarantee an offer on your home within seven days. Gallo, reminding you to call Lee Garland Group, eXp Realty at 601-983-1130, or go to
0: LeeWillBuyIt.com and start packing.
4: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basil's in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basil's Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasil's.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basil's. Oh, oh. Ready for an oil change? Our professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts recommend all the best products to get the job done right. Like five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil on sale now just $28.95. And we'll make sure you have all the supplies you need, including a filter, funnel, shop towels, drain pan and more. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today.
5: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto
6: Parts. Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. <laughs> Properly set. All
7: controls before recording.
6: All systems go. Now, 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 back
0: to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
8: Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi, Monday morning. Talking about Initiative 65, struck down by the Supreme Court this past Friday. Joining us now, the one, the only, J.T. Williamson. Morning, J.T.
9: All I can do is sit here and shake my head, Gerard. Shake my head. I tried to tell y'all, don't be trying to put pot chops in Madison, Mississippi. Nobody listen to me.
3: The mayor made it very clear uh, she, at least opposed to not having the ability to opt out as a municipality, and also didn't like, I think, the idea that there was no limit to the number and then some of the other zoning requirements. So, yes, she, she, the mayor, uh, know her well, uh, respect her quite a bit. She's done a great job for the city of Madison. She is as you know, J.T., very protective of her city.
9: That's debating, man. She'll tell you real quick. And you can be mad at Mayor Hawkins, Butler, all you want to be. I know a lot of people are. A lot of people are mad at the Supreme Court justices that they overturn the will of the people. I've, I've heard it all. I've, I've listened to it all all weekend. Here's the bottom line. Yeah, checks and balances. That's what we have. There was a lawsuit that had merit that was brought before the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court agreed with it. Now, if you're upset, don't be upset with Mayor Hawkins Butler. Don't be upset with the Supreme Court. You need to call your legislator. That's who you need to be upset with. I know it's easy to blame whoever you want to blame, but you need to be calling your legislator right now and talking with them about this. I do believe, Joy, that they're going to, you know, they tried to pass a bill. I think they got one out of the Senate that was going to back up this in case this happened and it never made it through the house. Yeah. So I do, I do think you, I don't think you're going to see a special session because we're not ready to implement the marijuana, medical marijuana thing no more than we would have been ready to implement it. If 65 would have stood in the Supreme court, we weren't ready and we not going to make the deadline anyway. Uh, everybody can think what they want, but we weren't ready. Uh, Mississippi department of health wasn't ready. They've been dealing with a little thing called COVID. But I think you'll see at the beginning of the year, of next year, I think you'll see the legislature tackle this issue. I think you'll see it with stipulations in it, which it should be. Because I'm going to tell you this, and I've said it before. Initiative 65 was very poorly written. It was done by a lot of -of out-of-state people. They spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars here so they could make millions and millions and millions of dollars because no tax revenue was going to go to schools. No tax revenue was going to go to roads and bridges. It was only going to go back into the medical marijuana program. There were a lot of flaws with Initiative 65 that needed to be corrected, and I think the legislature is going to address that. I think they're going to tax it the way it needs to be taxed. If we're going to do this, the state of Mississippi should at least get money from it. If we've got to administer it, uh, I think you're going to see some restrictions on where these places can be. And I think we're going to give the cities the abilities to opt out. Hell, even California's medical marijuana laws give California cities the ability to opt out. Where Initiative 65 would have never done that. They could have gone anywhere they wanted to go as uh, long as they, you know, could have found a place that would take their rent. Uh, You know, that's the other side of this whole thing is what people need to understand. This whole medical marijuana industry that everybody's talking about, you can't put the money in the bank. Uh, If you're a landlord, you take their money, I, I guess you spend it, you keep it as cash. I don't know what you do. There's just a lot of things that are around this and around Initiative 65 that needed to be addressed. Uh, and and I think they're going to be addressed. I think you're going to see them tighten down on maybe some of the ailments that will make you qualified for this. I think that was a little broad. I think you're going to see some zoning regulations, and I think you're going to see the you-know-what taxed out of it for the state of Mississippi. And I personally don't have a problem with that.
3: Well, That's just my opinion. Well, first let me say that uh, uh, I totally agree with you that – it's just, I don't think it's right to, uh, I guess, if you were a fan of this, to blame the mayor. She uh, she opposed it, and she she found what is a fairly glaring legal loophole that exists because, of, for two reasons: one, the the legislature really failed to cure this problem where there's a conflict with the four and five congressional districts, and that's been going on a long time, and bills were filed to do so and never got any traction. So that's the first thing, which essentially means, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not a legal expert here, we got Aaron Rice coming on later, we're going to pose this question to him, but it means we don't really have a valid citizen-initiated ballot measure process, as the Constitution of Mississippi says we're supposed to have. That doesn't exist right now. So that's a, existed for a while. Right, exactly. A,
9: like a, I said, if you want to be mad at somebody, you need to be mad at the legislature. Yeah. Don't be mad at Mary Hawkins Butler. Don't be mad at the Supreme Court. She did what she had to do to protect her city. And she said from the beginning she was against it. I was against it for that exact reason. Because there was no zoning ordinances in this thing and you could have put a pot shop anywhere you wanted. Oh, except five hundred feet within a school. Well that's less distance. Than what law enforcement gets for enhanced penalties for people selling close to a school—that's fifteen hundred feet. So there's a, there's there's a lot of things that needed to be redone, and people didn't read it. All they just saw was the flashing lights and the fact that oh, we can get some medical marijuana. Where well, they didn't pay attention to what it could have meant. Because here's the deal, Gerard: if if Initiative sixty-five would have would have stood and been the way it was. All the pot shops are going to be in the where the money's at, because if you think you're going to go get a, a insurance, if you think insurance is going to pay for your medical marijuana, I got some land I want to sell you. Okay, <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of money to buy it. Plus, you're going to have to get the card. It's not going to be cheap. And Medicaid, Medicare, and your insurance ain't going to cover it.
3: So. Yeah, so here, here's what I would uh, say is a potential issue, uh, is that if the legislature, in fact, drafts legislation to establish a medical marijuana program, if they limit those who would, who would be eligible for a pres- prescription, I've heard some even say it should be terminally ill patients only, those have been, that have been diagnosed as such, I think that might limit the addressable market to the fact that there's really no reason that the industry would even come to fruition, that there's just not enough revenue opportunity uh, because it would be so limited uh, in terms of who could get it. So that that's something that I think they'll have to wrestle with and grapple with in, in, in coming to, a I think, a reasonable compromise here. What, what do you think about that, J.T.?
9: Well, Gerard, I mean, you know, you, you know what I've been battling here for over a year. Yep, I, I've never once had the desire or the need for marijuana. I just haven't. Mm-hmm. I've been able to tolerate my treatments. I've been able to do everything I can do. Now, there's a lot of people I've seen that haven't. Okay, there's a lot of people I've seen here that are skinny as a rail, can't eat, can't keep nothing down. Would that help those patients? Probably so, you know. I think there's – I don't know if the legislature is equipped to do it. I do think Initiative 65 opened it up a little bit too much, um, a little bit too much for certain ailments and certain things. Um, Should it be just for terminally ill patients? No, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of different things that it could benefit. I'm not against medical marijuana. I never have been. I was against Initiative 65. Um, I think it needs to have some teeth put in it for law enforcement. I think it needs to have some teeth put in it for the medical marijuana cards that need to be addressed by law enforcement for people when they pull over someone and uh, they have to go through that process, which Initiative 65 didn't address. But on that same sense, I do believe that it can in certain cases, and in some instances, help people. Um, I've, I've seen that out here. I've seen, I've seen people that probably could have benefited from it. Uh, there, is, there is marijuana that's available for people. It's called Marinol. It's in a pill form, and it does a lot of the same things that uh, smoking marijuana does. Another thing that I had a big problem with was the amount of weed that they were going to let people have was just tremendous. Yeah, It was just outrageous, the amount of weed that they were going to allow one person to have. What was it? Well, it wasn't four ounces a month. It was some insane amount of weed that was going to turn into be nothing but black market that people were going to turn around and sell. And I think that's another thing that they need to look at. Yeah. But if you're mad, if you're pissed off about this, don't be mad at Mayor Hawkins Butler. Don't be mad at the Supreme Court. You need to call your legislature.
3: I
10: agree. You need to
9: call your legislature, and you need to tell them. I agree. But, you know, you need to get on this. You need to get on the initiative process, and you need to, you need to do your job.
3: It's break All time. Right? You're going to hang with us, though, right, JT?
9: I can, sure.
3: Yeah. All right. We got JT on the line. Stay with us, folks. We're taking a break right here. We'll be right back.
7: Here's Uncle Cy.
11: What's your favorite kind of bug?
7: Oh,
12: I don't have a favorite bug. Me and bugs don't get along. The scariest one to me is the big spiders. They had spiders in Vietnam so big that when they made their web, it would stick you, okay, and hold you there, and here comes a giant spider. What do you think about that? Scary, ain't it? If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated, the professional bug exterminator
5: name to trust for over 65 years. At Havard Pest Control, the difference
0: is clear. At Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pest and termite invasions. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against all kinds of pests, trust Havard. Havard Pest. Visit
13: HavardPest.com or call 601-936-0309. 601-936-0309. com.
15: Hi, this is Anitra over at MacB's. I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy Blue Plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have beef tips of chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday, we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken with mushrooms spring sauce. And every day, hamburger steak or chicken sweets.
16: McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And the perfect spot for any size party, too.
14: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Following Friday's Supreme Court ruling, it appears that medical marijuana will be a hot topic in the 2022 legislative session.
17: With the knowledge that the initiative faced a legal challenge, the Mississippi Senate did pass a backup plan during the previous session that would have triggered in the instance that the court struck it down, but the measure died in the House. Friday, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman stated that he does anticipate lawmakers revisiting the bill when they return in January.
14: And so far, over 800,000 Mississippians are fully vaccinated. Dr. Nicholas Conger, infectious disease internist with Gulfport Memorial, says if you're immune from the coronavirus because of a vaccine, you're immune.
17: And I think this is where a lot of confusing guidance comes from. It doesn't matter if you're with people who have COVID or not. It doesn't matter if you're around people who have masks on or not. You're immune.
1: If you get vaccinated, you're in the 95% in which it works. You're immune.
14: For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: Come on. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, here's more.
3: Everyone, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino on this Monday in the studio. We've got JT on the line. JT, are are you in Mississippi? You are back in Houston today?
9: No, I'm still in Houston, Gerard. We, we we've been out here for a while. I'm actually in the clinic. My wife found a little hallway I could get down, so everybody wouldn't think I was crazy talking about medical marijuana on the phone. <laughs> so
8: hey,
9: I'm over here hanging out by a stairwell. She's waiting here. If they're calling my name, you've got to go back for what they call fast track. I got you. They're just, uh, it's a quick thing. They just took some blood and to check me out. But, gotcha. Uh, just hanging out here in Houston, man, ready to come home as soon as I can. Uh, has the ACLU filed a lawsuit for voter ID yet? <laughs> you know,
3: <laughs> Rhino and I talked about that last week. We we uh, We felt like if this thing were to be overturned by the Supreme Court, that would come right away. And that's a complicated legal matter as well. Uh, we got Aaron Rice coming on uh, from Mississippi right. Justice Institute at eleven. We're going to pose these complex questions on him. But you know, I've I've tried I'm, to I'm, comprehend what all the lawyers not, are saying about this. It's just there, there's no consensus on
9: it. Well, I'm not sure if it'll stick because it's already been implemented. Right. That's what made this deal with with Initiative 65 so unique. Is because it has not been initiated, and uh, that they were quick enough to do it. Yep. It was convenient that the Supreme Court moved it past the election day, right? But still, uh, they had to rule on it. That was one of those things. Once they did it, and uh, had to go about it. And if you if you stop it and you think about it, and you really try to wrap your head around what how they won this thing, is they're basically saying that it was impossible to collect the signatures in five congressional districts because there aren't five congressional districts.
3: Right. Exactly.
9: There's there's four. Yep. And it, it's it is really mind-blowing to think that they were able to do this. Now, the legislature's known about this for a long time. Yep. They've known about this, this little flaw, but nobody's ever really challenged them on it until the mayor of Madison decided to do it over initiative 65 and i still say from where i started the whole reason why she did it is she didn't want pot shops in her city and uh, and you can take it for whatever it is she was bound and determined she was going to do everything she could do to stop that and she did and again not to be mad at the mayor not to be mad at the supreme court you need to be mad at the legislature you need to be calling your legislator and giving them an earful if you're upset about this. And and that's the key that I think people need to understand out of this, is all she was doing was trying to protect her city, which if I had to guess, Gerard, if it was put on a city referendum, I would say it would pass as much as I-65 passed the, the, the state. If you were to put it to a city referendum, if they wanted pot chops in the city of Madison, I would say it would be overwhelmingly voted no so I think she was doing what the will of the citizens of the city of Madison wanted not just what Mayor Mary wanted and uh, I I, I know I would have voted against it for sure Um, that's that's just the way I was because as I said the way Initiative 65 was written and the way it was going to be panning out was the majority of your pot shops were going to locate where the money was Uh, because that's it was going to be very expensive i think that's another thing a lot of people weren't realizing they were all so hot to trot about initiative 65 and how great it was going to be and all this stuff it was going to be greatly expensive for people that wanted to use the marijuana and wanted to buy it and uh it was going to be put in the places where the money was at so the people could go and you know obviously you go where the money's at you go where the where the bait's at. You know, you don't fish in the hole where there's no fish. So I think that's another side of it that a lot of people have forgotten. But I still think the legislature's going to visit this. Uh, now the question is, can it get through the House? Uh, will Tate Reeves sign it? Uh, I, I think if Tate Reeves and the House need to go look at how the people voted for Initiative 65, and if it, I believe if I was Tate Reeves and someone was coming across my desk dealing with medical marijuana, and I was running for a second term, I'd be signing it, but that's just me,
3: yeah i mean certainly if if uh he he is informed about the uh the turnout and the outcome of the of the ballot measure you it appears that the vast majority of Mississippians do support a medical marijuana program in the state. I agree with you i I don't know how many people dug into all the details of sixty five per right. se. Uh, I don't think
9: they did, Gerard. I don't think they did, because if they would have, I think you'd have seen a lot less people vote for it. I think they just saw the flashy lights and the bells and whistles of it rather than digging deeper into it. Yeah. Uh, because, now look, look and, and the medical marijuana people did their job. They sold it, son. They had it slick back and shiny and new, and they sold it as good as it could be sold, but they had a ton of outside money behind them to do it. Yeah. But uh, I don't think many people really realized what that initiative was going to do. And I still say, you don't change the Constitution for any product, period. I don't care what that product is.
3: Well, you know, though I supported, in general, a medical marijuana program in the state, I did not not like the idea of amending the Constitution. I, I, too, believe that it should be reserved for... Uh, other matters that i think are more appropriate for a constitution uh unfortunately there's not a, a citizen initiated mm-hmm. ballot approach mechanism to to uh, do anything that does anything but amend the constitution that's all we have and I think that out of frustration that the legislature wouldn't wouldn't act on establishing a medical marijuana program. I mean, you know, J.T. J- Joel Bumgar just put his money where his mouth was, and he went out and said, "Okay, we'll just we'll do it on our own." And that's kind of what happened. And he invested a whole bunch of his own money in that. So, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. I agree with you, though. I think that the legislators, I hope, hear loud and clear that. I, in general, people want a program. I think it's just the nuances of what that ought to look like are, are at stake. Well,
9: and this also puts the Medicaid expansion yep. uh, initiative, it puts it on hold, which they were coming with a ton of outside money with that, too.
3: Yep.
9: Uh, and, and the hospitals are going to be behind that, and we don't need to expand Medicaid in Mississippi. That's the last thing we need to do. Is raise the poverty level in Mississippi for more Medicaid, and of course the hospitals are for it. Uh, but you go back and look. The last time we expanded Medicaid under Musgrove, do your homework and look and see what happened, and it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh, I think there was another initiative for legalizing marijuana altogether. Yep. And there was a third initiative. I can't remember Ter- what term it was. limits.
3: Term limits. Term
9: limits is another one that was out there. Flag. There's a are flag.
3: That's cooking up. Yeah.
9: But all those are going to be put on hold as well because, again, it goes back to the legislature. Now, I want to remind people again, I'm not taking up for Mayor Hawkins Butler. She's a big girl. She knows how to handle it. She ain't worried about anybody being mad at her. But I'm telling you this, don't be mad at her. Don't be mad at the Supreme Court. You need to be mad at the legislature. They have failed to do their job. They have failed to fix the initiative and referendum uh, initiative program the, the way it works. They they passed the buck down the line. There's been bill after bill after bill that's come out to to fix it. They haven't done it. They failed to do anything about medical marijuana until it was too late. So if you want to be mad, be mad at your legislature. And look, your legislator. And first of all, I want to remind somebody too. And I guarantee you, people call up today that are hacked off about it, I want you to ask them one question. Where is your legislator? And I guarantee you most of them won't be able to tell you.
3: That's sad.
9: You need to know who your legislator is. You need to know who your House member is. You need to know who your senator is. And you need to call them. You have every right as a citizen to call your legislator, to call your House member and your senator, and tell them how you feel about it. Yep. That's how you get, that's how you get things done. And uh, I've, I've done that experiment so many times when people get mad. And they don't even know who their house member is or who their senator is, which is things that you need to know. You you ought to be able to talk to them and and obviously talk to them in a cordial way. Don't be sure ugly or threatening, or you're going to get hung up on. I'd hang up on you. So if you do that, just on the air, you know, don't call them names. Just give them your concerns and let them know how you feel and what you feel about it. You have the right yeah. to call Delbert Hoseman. You got the right to call Speaker Guy. Yep. Uh, yes, I absolutely have that right. And that's who you need to be talking to if you're upset about
3: this. I'm with you on that and agree. Well, we got to go here, J.T. Man, it's it's great to hear you. Take care. Yep.
9: Yep. I told y'all not to be putting pot shops in Madison, (laughs) Mississippi. I tried to
3: tell (laughs) y'all. You were right. Absolutely. Appreciate uh, you calling in. So good to hear from you, J.T. You are in our prayers, and you know this audience loves you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be right back on the JT Show. Stay with us.
6: Find new roads. COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, RJ Young is here to help. We provide the key technology solutions to power your business while ensuring safety and productivity in the workplace. Visit rjyoung.com slash COVID.
13: Spring is in full bloom at Gaddis & McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Join Weekend Gardening's Nellie Neal, the garden mama, and the rock and roll handyman show's Buddy Slowick as they broadcast live Saturday, May the 22nd from Gaddis & McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. There'll be big, big savings throughout the store along with fun, food, and live music from Rodney and Gerald Moore as they preview the Big Makita Power Tools sales event and the arrival of the Makita Cruiser on Thursday, May 27th. That's Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton
16: ridgeland medical clinic is a proud sponsor of the gallo radio show conveniently located in ridgeland off highway 51 north in the oak place shopping center call them to see jody adams today
19: this is the opening agri-market report the opening of the new york cotton exchange july cotton was down eight to eighty two thirty five december cotton was up 29 to 8151 the open of the Chicago Board of Trade July soybeans were up seven and a quarter to 1593 and a half per bushel. August soybeans were up three cents to 1530 and a half per bushel. July corn was up five and three quarters to so 649 and a half per bushel. September corn was up three and a half to 566 and a half per bushel. At the mercantile August live cattle was up 22 to one nineteen oh five. 1905. October live cattle was up 40 to 123.65. August feeders up 97 to 15212. September feeders up 90 to 15357. And that's this hour. The Dow Jones are down 157 points to 34,225. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
17: Okay, buddy. Nice and simple this time.
4: <clears throat> In a world of Veltema fungicide, five feet reign
1: supreme. Hey, remember, less dramatic? Five feet. Just five feet. Five feet. Nope 60 inches Look, man, just say Veltima fungicide lets you treat corn as early as 5 feet
10: nice.
7: Valtima Fungicide from BASF. Coming sooner to a field near you. Always
17: read and follow label directions.
4: Compromise is nice, if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's revitech Fungicide. Fast acting and long lasting. Preventative and curative. Disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw. An old bargain bill. And take your Full prize
11: in yields with Revitech Fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions.
17: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. It's so awesome!
0: You're hearing The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
5: Yeah. Mm. Come on, let's get on with the show! Yeah.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: everyone. The J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. So good to hear from J.T. Appreciate him phoning in and discussing uh, what has got to be the biggest news, certainly across the state of Mississippi, uh, right now. And uh, so glad we've got our friend Aaron Rice joining us uh, after the 11 o'clock break to discuss all of the legal complexities and ramifications of this... Uh, Decision by the Mississippi Supreme Court. You know, the there was a text I can't remember who it was from Rhino that said that that the led that the Supreme Court ignored the will of the people. And I don't really see it that way. It's not the it's not the job of the Supreme Court to consider the will of the people. That's the job of those who are elected to make our laws. And that there's. The reason why there is a hard line of distinction drawn between the judicial branch and the legislative and executive branches, and it was for that reason. Their job is to interpret law and make sure that it is consistently and appropriately applied. Everybody knows that. That's civics 001 there. So the question is, did they do that here?
2: And from everything I can tell, they went by the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. Which isn't letter of the law the more conservative viewpoint, but juris, I mean,
3: yeah. And that's what we're going to ask Aaron about? For. Yeah, the the this the text I right. think is what the term that is used often in consideration of what is a. It really just comes down to just simple textual math, essentially, in this case. It, it would seem to be kind of hard – I don't know, how, how would you rule that, say, well, even though the text of the law says this, the people voted a different way, or, or voted a certain way, therefore, we should ignore the text of the law and concede or rule in accordance with what the people said at the ballot box? That, that seems like it would put us on a very sticky uh, slope that would be, I, I think, uh, uh, risky, in my view. So,
2: um, Because of the way the technicality works out, it's oddly similar to the, the Supreme Court justices are an umpire team on the baseball diamond, and it's bottom of the ninth, you're down by three, batter comes up it's a grand slam to walk off win it but doesn't touch third and then the opposing coach comes out and goes hey they didn't touch third base that's an out yeah it's it's a technicality it's 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 not they're they're not saying he didn't hit a grand slam they're not saying the bases were loaded they they're not saying it should have been a baller they're saying didn't touch third
3: right that and which is just a uh, kind of a very strict ruling on that action and not, I guess, the overall uh, sort of situation. Vicki and Clarksdale on the C Spire. Lots of texts. Appreciate it, folks. Trying to get to all of them. Vicki and Clarksdale says the legislation just, I think she means the legislature just wants to control over it all. That's all there is to it. If the legislature gets total control, then the courts will pass it. Well, courts don't pass laws, uh, Vicky. They they um they rule on application of laws passed by the legislative body. So I I don't disagree, however, that I, I do think there's some feeling amongst those in the legislature that, you know, it's our job to pass laws. So you, you get again, it gets really controversial and contentious and philosophically sticky, I think is maybe a good way to put it, uh, that it's thorny. That's another term that's often used in those situations where should the people have that right? Well, right now our Constitution says the people are to have the right to put a measure on the ballot once they achieve certain Uh, criteria, that being collecting the proper number of signatures and there's some other standards as well requirements that have to be met but that's arguably the biggest hurdle when we come back we've got uh, our friend Aaron Rice is going to join us in the studio and then we also have a giveaway today as well, right, for a concert pretty cool stuff but now it's time for a break we got the news coming your way stay with us, you want to hear Aaron
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
20: News. I'm Chris Foster. The Supreme Court agrees to hear a major abortion case during its next term.
0: A Mississippi
16: law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy has been blocked by lower courts, but the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case, likely in the fall. It sets up a potential shift in precedent first set by the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision.
20: Fox is Jared Halpern. The Israeli military reports destroying nine miles of tunnels used by Hamas militants in Gaza. They've also hit buildings over the last week with nearly 200 Palestinians reported killed. Ten Israelis are reported killed by rockets fired back the other way. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Israel has the right to defend itself. There is no equivalence between a terrorist group indiscriminately firing rockets at civilians and a country defending its people from those attacks. Speaking in Denmark, he says the United States is concerned by the escalating violence and civilian deaths. America's listening to Fox News.
21: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Both parties do agree we need to improve the country's infrastructure, but when it comes to raising the corporate tax from 21 to 25 percent as part of the plan, Senator Roger Wicker doesn't think Republicans will concede.
4: The economy was roaring back in February of 2020. Uh, uh, the the uh, 2017 tax cuts which lifted a burden off people that want to create jobs, Uh, they were just kicking in and the economy
21: was roaring. He made those comments during an appearance on Morning Joe Friday. Over 30,000 pregnant women have received the COVID vaccine without any problems, according to Dr. Meredith Travelstead.
3: And they've compared those who got the vaccine and normal, healthy pregnant women and otherwise, and they have seen no difference in pregnancy outcomes or
21: complications, stillbirths, miscarriages from those vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. I'm Kelly Bennett. Y'all
16: listen up.
17: Paid for by
21: AARP. State lawmakers like Scott Bounds couldn't be more thrilled that lottery proceeds have grown way up beyond expectations. The
22: way that the bill was written, anything above 80 million would go to education, and we, the estimates are that it, we're going to be 35 to 40 million over the 80. So the first 80 goes to
21: infrastructure, and then anything over that, about 35-40 million dollars to education. With the April transfer of over 13 million, the total collections from the lottery for this year are just shy of 115 million. Two Mississippi students have been selected as U.S. Presidential Scholars.
17: Matthew Yin from Madison Central High School and Emmanuel Tang from Oxford High School were each selected out of a candidate pool of over 6,000 graduating seniors from across the country, along with. 159 other recipients. Each were selected for their work inside the classroom and in their community. Every year,
1: scholars are honored for their achievement at the White House over the summer.
21: I'm Kelly Bennett.
1: Go with the home team.
4: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Let's do this. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
3: Welcome back everyone. Hour 2 of the JT show. Super Talk, Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder and fine music. And joining us now in the studio our friend the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute, Aaron Rice. Morning Aaron. Morning Gerard. How you doing? Well it uh, hadn't had a lot to think about.
22: <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty to digest here.
3: We I said it earlier we could talk about this all day and not get through it all. <laughs> um well we wanted you to come on, uh suggested that Alex reach out to yeah, you. Yeah, appreciate uh, she, that. Her, she and I are talking about that over the weekend. I know this all happened quickly, you know, this yeah. opinion
22: just came down Friday and so you know, things kinda get in motion quickly. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I'm sort of retired, and yep. so when I when I exited the show Friday, I went out to enjoy some golf, but I, I used my whole battery on my phone, <laughs> <laughs> blowing up. So anyhow, appreciate you coming in. Uh, I have hesitated, as I was telling you before we, we came on the air here, to offer too much in the way of... I guess legal opinion, because I yeah. freely admit I'm not a lawyer, yeah, yeah. and and this is complicated. Yeah. I think this is deep. Uh, I think I do understand, however, the purpose of uh, the various branches of our yeah. government, yeah. and I know you, you heard me talking before we went to break there, that we don't want the judicial branch willing in accordance excuse me ruling in accordance with the will of the people we want them ruling on applicability of law yeah. interpreting law that's their that's their purpose that's yeah.
22: their scope that's exactly right and i mean look you know you can agree with this opinion or disagree with it and there's there's plenty and the, the mississippi supreme court was in a tough position here and there's plenty to agree with or disagree with on either side but but you're exactly right that it is certainly not the job of the Mississippi Supreme Court. I've heard that, too. You know, that oh, they overrode the will of the people. You know, that their job is not to bow to the will of the people. If they started doing that, it would completely erode our entire system of government. That's just, as you've said, that's the legislature's job. When something gets in front of the court, its job is to interpret the Constitution or to interpret whatever statute is in front of it. But it is not to look and say, well, how, how popular is this? How many people like this? I mean, if we start doing that, our entire system of government is going to be in jeopardy. So that's, that's not what they're supposed to do. Actually, in a lot of ways, the courts are inherently an anti-majoritarian anti-major- institution of government, and the founders wanted it that way. So let me give you an example. I mean, our rights are too important to be subject to the whims of popularity. And so they wanted the courts to be the bulwark that protected that and said, you know, look, it doesn't matter. How many people, I mean, any statute or a law that's passed is, is you know, uh, uh, you're going to assume is popular, and so if the Biden administration passes some law that's going to make it impossible to own a gun or, or to exercise some right, it doesn't matter how popular that is. The the founders wanted the courts to, to be able to say, we don't care how popular it is. You're violating people's rights. You can't do that. The Constitution says you can't do that. We interpret the Constitution. That's what we do. Yeah. And so I know here, You know, uh, people feel like they kind of lost something that they wanted, you know, but you've got to zoom out and look at the big picture, which is you want the courts to interpret the Constitution and not start getting into how popular is this or or what do the people want. And in this case, unfortunately, the way, you know, the the majority read uh, the law, they decided that that this is what it meant, that the ballot initiative was unworkable now. And again, you can agree or disagree with that opinion. I mean, I don't know that it's exactly the the opinion I would have issued if I was on the Mississippi Supreme Court, but I respect the opinion. I think they, the, the uh, Justice Coleman and the, the other members in the majority had very solid legal reasoning for, for reading it the way they did, and they backed it up, and agree or disagree, that's their job.
3: We get into this... A kind of controversial debate about words matter and text and and strictly adhering to the text versus intent, which is you hear a lot of folks say. And I I haven't read the opinions and not sure I'm qualified to, honestly. But, uh, you know, so what the intent, I think, of the legislature was to have a a citizen initiated ballot measure yeah. process since nineteen ninety two when yeah. that was instituted and exactly is that incorporated in the constitution it is, okay. it is.
22: it's in our state constitution it has been since nineteen ninety
3: two and was that um it was was that included in the constitution via legislative
22: Yeah, Um, yeah, I I believe the legislature, you know, amended it to include this citizen portion of of how it could, you know, going forward, citizens could lead a ballot initiative.
3: Because wasn't there a long stretch of time, Aaron, where there no such opportunity existed? Yeah,
22: that's right. I mean, this is not a right that we've always had in Mississippi. We've had it since 1992. Okay.
3: So 1992, they stuck this in the Constitution, and then lo and behold, we find out once we converted from five to four congressional districts. We really don't have a way yeah. to achieve a, a valid citizen-initiated measure.
22: Yeah, and you're right. You're teeing in on exactly what was going on. This kind of textualist approach, or, or really, when you're dealing with uh, the Constitution, you know, you can call it strict constructionism, and sometimes textualism okay. is used when you're interpreting statutes. But that is, this is a very big, really judicial. Um, kind of philosophy, kind of war of different philosophies that are going on that a lot of people may not really be cued into, you know, that kind of behind-the-scenes battle. But there is, there's, there's one kind of branch of thought that says you know, we've all heard it kind of this living constitution or kind mm-hmm. of legislative intent is, is a phrase that's thrown around a lot. And it basically says, like, hey, let's judges, you know, not just look at what the words on the paper say. Let's, let's look at what, what do we think the legislature meant or what do we think the founders or, or the drafters of this constitution meant? What do they want? And that can get dangerous when you start going down that road. You know, the courts can basically make the constitution say whatever they want it to or a statute to say whatever they want it to. And then there's another camp that is one is kind of called originalism and we've all heard of that that says yeah, yeah. let's look at what the original intent was or sometimes the original public meaning but let's not you know get into what we think today what makes it workable or any of that let's look at what did it mean to the people who drafted it or to the citizens who ratified it and things like that. Yeah. And so another branch even kind of further I guess you could say to the right of originalism is this kind of strict constructionism you're talking about and it's saying let's not even look at what the original intent was or the original public meaning let's look on at words on paper what do they mean it's a very okay. boring kind of judicial philosophy it's it's basically like going to English class very boring you look you know adjectives and you know different types of you know pronouns or this or that and you put it together and say this is what it means now if you're following that approach what you say is if 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 I can Read this sentence, and it's not ambiguous. Then I don't need to engage in any other kind of judicial construction to figure out what it's it's telling me. And that's what the justices did here. They said, "I read the words on the paper. The words say that you can, you know, you can only get up to one fifth of the signatures from each congressional district. That's impossible now right. because we only have four. Right. So it's not workable. And they stopped there. And and look, they could have. They certainly there are there are judicial methods of saying. Well, for, for example, one is to say if we're going to read the Constitution, we're going to assume that the drafters of it wanted it to work, and if the if if our interpretation is absurd, we're not going to stop there, and we're going to try to figure out another interpretation that doesn't yield an absurd result. And they could have done that, and they could have said, you know, look, by Mississippi law, we technically still do have five congressional districts, they're just not recognized at the federal level. There's kind of this judicial injunction, if you've heard of this, that, that forced the four districts on us. But under the Mississippi Code, we still have five. Yeah, And you could have kind of gone down that road and said, well, look, this is an absurd result surely the founders or the, or the drafters of this constitutional amendment did not mean for it to get outdated if, if we lost a, a district in the census. And so we're going to go past that and, and look at other ways to kind of save this, this, this provision. And they could have done that. They could have done that, but they chose not to. And it's certainly a, a, an approach that they were you know, that they could judicially take, and that's the route they took.
3: Well, and, and I think what you're su- suggesting seems logical. But on the other hand, Aaron, we had seven bills yep. that were filed to cure this problem yep. that all died. So that yep. kind of makes you wonder,
22: right, what the yep. will
3: of the legislature
22: is here. Yeah, exactly. And of course you're talking about the, the present day legislature or the legislature at the time, at the time. that it existed that those seven bills exactly. were passed. Which is different than the legislature that existed at the time exactly. of the constitutional amendment. So you get in all kinds of questions, but I do think the court looked at that and, and you know, one of the things that the majority opinion said was look, we for all we know uh, the drafters of this constitutional amendment wanted it to get outdated. For all I yeah. know, maybe they n- contemplated the fact that we might go down to four, and they were glad that maybe this would get outdated. So you just, but that does kind of expose the problems of when you start trying to get into the head, the heads of yeah. the of the drafters. Sure. How do you know what they were thinking?
3: Sure, don't really know. Um, it, it does, however, seem to be. I think kind of a uh, fairly broad sentiment. Would you agree with this? Yep. So I'm going to ask you if you agree. Broad sentiment that members of the legislature, lawmakers in general, feel like that's their scope. That's their area. I think so. I, I,
22: I've kind of sensed that before, that, that this kind of direct democracy, so to speak. Yeah. You know they feel like it can cause problems. And look, you trust us. You hire us to come here and, and make general law for you. And yeah. when the when citizens try to get in the business of making general law, there's going to be problems. So y'all just sit tight and let us handle that. I think yeah. there is a little bit of that feeling. I think so too. We
3: got a break right here. You ain't going anywhere. No,
22: though. I'm good. I'm good.
3: <laughs> all right, we got Aaron Rice with the Mississippi Justice Institute. Stick around, folks. Good conversation about all the legal unpacking here of Initiative 65.
10: 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary XMAR quality. Frederick Sales & Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993. At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save on boat, RV, and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com.
1: Bridge builders.
4: Come here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson,
0: ninety-seven point three. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. They always say what they want. They're open about their
15: opinions. They're not afraid to say what they feel. <laughs>
5: we
3: Welcome back, everyone, Super Talk Mississippi, the J.T. Show. We've got Aaron Rice. He's our guest with the Mississippi Justice Institute. We were talking about Initiative 65 and all the legal complexity surrounding that. By the way, Chris from Oxford, lots of text. I'm sorry, folks. I'm trying to leverage Aaron's time while we got him in the studio. So much to discuss. Chris from Oxford says, "Uh, y'all are giving our legislators too much credit. (laughs) Oh uh, well, uh, okay. Yeah. Appreciate that, I don't Chris. know. What, I don't know in what regard. Exactly. I mean, uh. <laughs> all right. So this this is the question that has immediately surfaced, as you're well aware, Aaron. When when the Supreme Court struck this deal down, because yeah. they said, "Hey, this this uh, approach and these standards for collecting signatures to get a measure on the ballot from as initiated by the citizens, it, it can't work mathematically." Yeah. So, what does this mean? two previously passed measures at the ballot box. Voter ID, eminent domain, come to mind. Yep. Those are subject
22: to the same kind of lawsuit that happened here now. They are very vulnerable to being struck down, just as this was. And if I were to make a prediction, I would say that they will go down as well. Now, you know, we can talk about it. Um, Voter ID has also been put into the Mississippi Code, so it's got a little extra protection there. But in terms of, uh, you know, the constitutional uh, amendments that were put into the Mississippi constitution I th- I think both of those goes down there's some arguments you can try to make that uh that were made in this case too and and you can try to make there to try to save those but I just predicting it I would not think that right, those th- would that help but it would
3: require separate lawsuits that's right, right? That's so right. that's the big question and and I want to make sure we we got that right that just because the court only considers what's before it, you exactly. made that statement before, yeah. so yeah. there's there's not a matter before the court That's right. to rule on the validity of those two. That's right. So just because the court said this ballot initiative process
22: is broken does not mean that anything that passed since 2002 is just automatically struck down. That's not the way it works. What yeah. was in front of the court was, you know, Initiative 65. It was basically struck down, if you want to put it that way. But somebody would have to bring to the court proactively and say, "Hey, now consider—you already said this system was broken. This same system was used for eminent domain. Take a look at this." And and the court—I mean, you know—much more likely than not, will, the same reasoning will hold, and they'll say, "Yep, this is invalid too." Now,
3: yeah, my so, concern is if someone, if a party, yeah. Uh, the ACLU comes to yeah, mind yeah. that might have an interest in, in striking down and, and reversing our voter ID yeah. statute. Yeah, uh, If they come forward and do that, we would get national attention. There would certainly
22: be national attention. And, and you know, you said our, our voter ID statute, and that's a good point, is that that's one thing that makes it different, is that it was uh, voter ID, there was a citizen initiative just like this, and it was put into the Mississippi Constitution, but then the legislature also codified it and put it in Mississippi Code. And so the constitutional provision for voter ID is subject to this same attack, and and, and a lawsuit could be brought, and the Mississippi Supreme Court could say, yeah, that system that was used was invalid, so that no longer applies. But you would also have to bring an attack against the, the Mississippi Code, you know, the codified version of our voter ID law, and there you would not have the benefit of just saying, Oh, the process was defunct. You would have to bring constitutional arguments to say this law, you know, unconstitutionally puts too many burdens on the right to exercise your franchise, your right to vote. And, you know, whether you the the merits of that case would work out are, are a lot different. I mean I you know, I, I that hasn't been litigated, there's no briefs to read on that yet, but you would have a whole different can of worms to try to bring that down.
3: I'm going to make a, a point about uh, what I know from contractual law uh, being a contractor yeah. in, in business, which is in when you implement these sophisticated IT systems, y- you would often have uh, end users that uh, would not want to pay in full. Yeah. Even though you had no retainage provision in the contract, uh, but they were using the system. Yeah. And my lawyers always said, use is acceptance. If they're using yeah. the system, they either got to pay or they got to stop using yeah. it. And if yeah. you suggested stop using it, no, no, we got to have it. We you gotta, know? Well, okay, well, then we got to get up. paid. Yeah, yeah. So, Make that same case for what happens when a a law is codified such as voter ID yeah. and it's been applied. We've yeah. been using voter ID for years. There's yeah. a legal concept yeah. about yeah. that as well.
22: Well, and so I, I think, you know, what you're probably thinking of is, is called laches or lashes. People call it, di- you know, pronounce it different ways. It's L-A-T-C-H-E-S. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And so there's um it's uh and i think the t is actually out but um no t but but uh (laughs) but it's it's just a legal concept what it really comes down to what it means is um, you can't sit on your rights. Okay. And if you sit around on your hands and don't do anything about some injury that's happened to you, and this is outside of the constitutional context, it ha- it's all over the law in any setting. I mean, if you and I are in a lawsuit, and I, I waited for years, and there's also things called statutes of limitations sure. that may apply, but outside of that, even if there's not a statute of limitations, if I sit around and wait 15 years, yeah. and then all of a sudden say, hey, Gerard, I'm mad at you, and I'm going to sue you, you could say, whoa, 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 you've waited way too long, you should have brought this a long time ago. So that argument was used here, too, unsuccessfully. And I think uh, the the government, in defending these prior initiatives, will use that same argument and say, you waited too long. Honestly, I don't think it'll work. I mean, when you're in the constitutional setting, you know, first of all, you have to not only show that they waited too long, but show that them waiting that long injured you. And so the government will have to say, look, this, is, this has injured us. And I think it's hard to show an injury to the government. You know, um, the, the government needs to... Uh, operate constitutionally. And if you're saying you've been operating unconstitutionally, that's not really an injury to the government. And then, you know, on top of that, every day that a a law exists that's unconstitutional is kind of a new injury to the person, you know, who's, who's... you know allegedly suffering from that and so I think they can say look you know we're still suffering from this uh, alleged unconstitutional you know voter ID thing uh, we're we're gonna suffer it in the next election and that's gonna trigger a whole nother injury to us and it's it's fresh for us to bring this you know and so you know I don't know it's gonna be hard to figure out what is there kind of a triggering event and that's another argument any plaintiff could bring is they could say we just learned you know last Friday that this ballot initiative process was in fact you know, problematic and unworkable, and so that's why we brought these lawsuits now against eminent domain and voter ideas, because we just learned this. So I think it will be hard to save those based on that lacious argument, Um, but
3: we'll see. Yeah. Uh, It's, I don't know, it's got more teeth in it, I would say, certainly, at this point. Yeah. But I do think it would draw national attention. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, going to pivot for a second, okay. D- this just was announced yep. that the Supreme Court of the United States here yep. is going to take up Mississippi's abortion ban bill, yep. 15 week, 15 week yep. deal. Uh, haven't dug into the details on that yeah. what do you think?
22: Yeah I haven't been obviously been able to dig in either it just happened but um, but I think it's going to be very interesting I mean we've known that this was coming for quite a long time and you know I think a lot of people feel like oh it's just this is conservatives that waited till they got a majority on the court and then started pressing this and, and there's certainly you know uh, I think there's been a lot more interest in pressing that issue but at the same <laughs> time you know the science has been evolving for a long time here. I mean, Roe and Casey are, are very old Supreme Court precedents, and they dealt a lot with viability, you know, yeah. and and, and that the state didn't have an interest, you know, uh, according to the United States Supreme Court in banning abortion, you know, before viability and things like that. And But now, you know, as science mm-hmm. has evolved and we know more about, you know, uh, babies in the womb and all that kind of thing where is that line of viability and what does that mean and so that's kind of you know again i don't want to uh claim to be an expert on this issue because it's it's just popped up and you know we uh, we don't all know what all the details are going to be yet yeah. but um it'll be it'll certainly be interesting because what you're seeing is states not just mississippi but mississippi is one of them are you know kind of trying to to move the needle on Roe and say look you know, the, the U.S. Supreme Court said that states do have an interest in protecting life, and you know, viability was kind of part of that. And we're trying to to move the needle on what is viability and how much of an interest does the state have? How far can the state go in protecting life yeah. before you know? Apparently, uh, the the U.S. Supreme Court will say we can't do that. And then you never know. I mean, there's always the possibility that that Roe gets completely overhauled or reversed, or you know, and and there's a new precedent in its place.
3: Yeah. So. Uh also wanted to ask you this, I forgot yep, about this, yep. about I-65. What about the banking situation yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. up? Tell us about
22: that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, under under federal law, you know, as you can imagine, under the Controlled Substances Act and other such statutes, um, you know, you're not supposed to be able to deal in drug money. And so at the federal level, um, marijuana is, is still illegal. And so there's been this... You know, long kind of struggle between, you know, there's legitimate businesses out there that are operating under various state laws that allow medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana, and they're taking money in. And then, but sometimes banks won't even, you know, hold an account for them because under yeah. federal law, this is drug money, you know, that they're not supposed to be able to do. And so there's been efforts to fix that over the years. It's really, I'll just say this situation we're in is untenable where the federal government has something illegal and, and, Two-thirds of the states or something now at this point have some form of it that is legal under state law. I mean, we can't go on that way. Well, and it's it, it's undermining our our Republican form of government. It really is a respect for rule of law, all that.
3: Yep. We need to get on the same page a lot more. You could apply that to lots of other matters as yep. well, guns yes, and voting right, and all yep. that sort of yep. stuff. Yep. All right. We are done. Yep. I'm exhausted. Yep. Appreciate you coming <laughs> on Talk too fast there. for you. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Appreciate you yep. unpacking a lot of that. Thanks, yep. Eric. Yeah, for sure. Good talking to you, We'll talk, talk to, to you soon, yep. you bet. We'll be right back on the JT Show. Stay with us.
13: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 82. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, low around 66. Tuesday, a 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 85. And for your Wednesday, a 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 85. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
12: Here's Uncle Cy. Bugs can't be a problem. Then you got the termite. They got big teeth. Like this barn, it would probably take them all, maybe three or four days to eat this barn down, and there wouldn't be nothing but the tin left laying on the ground. Bunch of sawdust. That's all they leave behind them, sawdust. How many bugs have I got in my beard? Hopefully none. Is that what's been moving? We got a tough crowd here, boys. If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated. The professional bug exterminator. The
5: name to trust for over 65 years. At Havard Pest Control, the difference is
12: at Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer
0: satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pest and termite invasions. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against all kinds of pests, trust Havard. Havard pest
13: Visit HavardPest.com or call 601-936-0309. 601-936-0309.
15: This is Anitra over at McBee's. I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy Blue Plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have bee tips of chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday, we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken with mushrooms spring sauce. And every day, hamburger steak or chicken strips.
16: McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And the perfect spot for any size party, too.
21: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Both parties do agree we need to improve the country's infrastructure, but when it comes to raising the corporate tax from 21 to 25 percent as part of the plan, Senator Roger Wicker doesn't think Republicans will concede.
4: The economy was roaring back in February of 2020. Uh, uh, the the uh, 2017 tax cuts which lifted a burden off people that want to create jobs, uh, they were just kicking in and the
21: economy was roaring. He made those comments during an appearance on Morning Joe Friday. Over 30,000 pregnant women have received the COVID vaccine without any problems, according to Dr. Meredith Travelstead.
3: And they've compared those who got the vaccine and normal, healthy pregnant women and otherwise, and they have seen no difference in pregnancy outcomes or
21: complications, stillbirths, miscarriages from those vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. I'm Kelly Bennett.
0: Text The J.T. Show 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Now, here's more with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm exhausted between uh, all the text on the text line. Really appreciate it. Trying to get to them all, folks. And uh, text coming in on my old personal phone as well. I appreciate that engagement as well. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I make that perfectly clear. And uh, I, I do know a fair amount about contract law because I was involved in lots of contracts, thousands of them. Uh, and, and, and so I just kind of learned it, I guess, from the old school of hard knocks, as they say, and listening to sm- people smarter than me about that kind of stuff. But this is what I know. Everybody's got opinions. And look, that's the way it's supposed to work. And it's the court's job to sort out these opinions and these arguments. And, and whatever they do, of course, can often be challenged as well. That's the way our system works. It's a thing of beauty. In, in my view. And so whenever I discuss the I-65 matter or even the ballot measure uh, mechanism matter with whom, people whom I respect uh, about the, the legal aspects of those issues, they don't always agree. Surprise! <laughs> so uh, my friend Mark Baker texted in and uh, Mark Breger, Mark Beger from over there in Rankin County, he is an attorney, former member of the legislature uh, uh, over on the House side, and also was a candidate for Attorney General of the State of Mississippi in the last cycle. He just said that prior referenda are unaffected because they've been certified. Difference was 65, 65 is suit was filed before certification. Uh, and that, I think that's consistent with what we've been saying ever since this suit was filed, is that we, we did not believe in, in our discussions with various attorneys that what was before the court was the validity of 65, and that any ruling they made and any opinion they issued would not affect prior uh, um, uh, amendments that were passed at the ballot box. The question is, can they be challenged after they've been codified and I just had a lengthy discussion with Aaron about that, off the air on the break, and he says he challenges uh, he challenges statutes all the time. That or, so I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's over my pay grade here, Mark. Um, honestly, but it seems to me like if somebody wanted to slap a lawsuit into court to challenge a law, they can do it, and it would be the court's responsibility to sort that out. Uh, It's just my understanding that's the way the courts work and the way they're supposed to function, the way they are intended to function. Do they have more teeth in them? Is the defense stronger? Now, what you couldn't do, I would think, is go to court and challenge voter ID on the basis of the amendment process, the ballot measure process. That's what Aaron, his feeling was, that you couldn't use that uh, as an argument a plaintiff couldn't well we're challenging this voter ID because of the way signatures were collected on the on the referendum essentially that led to the statute. So that's a complicated matter uh, in my view that probably needs uh, more discussion and uh, from uh, attorneys so I'm sure we'll get more of them on the, on the air to discuss that further with us. This ain't going away. It's, uh, and, of course, we got five other ballot measures that that are in the works, as we've discussed, and they're kind of in limbo now. It does kind of seem, though, doesn't it, folks, that we went for a very long period of time, only went to the ballot box three times, I believe, with citizen-initiated ballot measures, since the methodology, since the procedure was enacted in 1992, I think three, including I-65, if I'm not mistaken. Check me on that. But now we have, what, five that are in the works. I think only one has been officially registered, and that's the Medicaid expansion. I could be wrong about that.
2: I mean, Uh, we've had three that made it to the ballot and the population approved, but by the simple fact that we are on number 77 shows that we've had 77 of them okay since the 90s but very few have made it that far
3: yeah that have actually gone to right. the to ballot so meaning they haven't tested that requirement because it's about signatures right so you can you can file them right but just fail to meet the standards to get to the ballot
2: uh, Mark yeah, the writes first back, two that were filed, the first was uh, for a constitutional convention, and the second was to reduce the size of the legislature. Neither of those got anywhere. But okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, Mark
3: writes back, says, yeah, challenging a law is is not challenging the ballot measure process. That's I think that's what uh, – if I, I may have not articulated that clearly, but that was my intent. Thank you, Mark. Uh, challenging a law is unconstitutional is a whole different deal. Uh, agree. I think uh, I, it sounds reasonable to me. Again, I, my agreement doesn't mean anything, given that I don't have legal credentials, but that just sounds logical to me. So we shall see whether or not we see any more challenges. But doesn't it seem like that because of 65, that prompted these others? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just an observation. It just seems like a compact and compressed period of time gave rise to these other
2: fairly critical issue measures. I would say the success of 65 during the social media age definitely had an impact on that.
3: I would agree. Larry and Mize writes in, he says, I don't like anybody telling me who I can be mad at. One word for y'all, and I can't say what it is, but starts with B and ends with T. Um, I hear you, Larry. um, Do you know of was JT's statement? And respect J.T. for that, J, J.T., uh, but I do agree that I think with respect to if you wanted to ascribe blame somewhere, and I don't know that there's any blame here. I, I don't I don't even like using that term in this regard. I, I think, you know, the Supreme Court did their job. You may disagree with it, but it seems like that they did interpret correctly. And again, that all goes back to what Aaron was talking about your philosophy as far as interpretation of law are you a strict contextualist
2: well that's why i went with the baseball analogy and that's why i picked third base being the the base they didn't step on for the protest because all right say the last out of that inning is on third base well you got three runs across yeah in my hypothetical that means you got a tie ball game yeah you still got another inning it's not like the supreme court came out and said medical marijuana is banned in the magnolia state yeah I agree. It's just another inning. You got to go back up to the plate and try to get another one. On the ceasefire text line, B J and Madison. Will the governor call a special session?
3: The people spoke, but this technicality has stopped it. What is the path forward? Yeah, I, I agree, and and don't know the answer to that. I don't think there's been any official statement that I'm aware of, Rhino, or response from the governor's office on this matter, and. Uh, I did talk earlier in the show about this little poll I ran in, on a Facebook site entitled Mississippi Politics that I helped administer, and, and it did um, reveal that overwhelmingly the people at least that voted in that little bitty poll think that's what ought to happen, that he ought to call a special session and get on it. In fact, what they voted for was, let's get on it and pass a law that is equivalent. 100% was the language I used in the, in the polling question, 265. That's interesting. Um, and so Chris from Oxford says he's in the ATM business. Two of my convenience store owners have already inquired about getting them an ATM for one of their marijuana stores, but I don't know if, if I'll have enough money to stock the thing, but I figure it's a good problem to have. There you go. That's interesting. Lawyers get paid by words. That's why your contracts are so long. That's from Ricky and Jackson. I thought it was by the pound. Is <laughs> Don't you remember Rodney Dangerfield back to school? He paid somebody to write his term paper, and the price, he didn't think it weighed enough. <laughs> oh, me, Sounds like... What was Mrs. the name
2: of that dive he did?
3: Oh, yeah, when he was out at the pool. <laughs> Son was watching him, I think. That was great. Sounds to me like Mississippi just took the first step to head backwards 20 years. We really need Tate Reeves to step up to the plate and make initiative 65 law. That's what the majority of the people wanted. That's Kevin writing in on that. Tim and McGee says the legislature kicked this can down the road, and now 65 is right back in their laps. Somebody needs to take action, in my opinion. A tie ball game is always 0-0, zero, zero. Jerry and Waynesboro. How did they change the flag without the same process? By the way, that was also from Jerry. Different process, uh, Jerry. That was uh, a measure referred to the ballot by the legislature, which requires, I think, two-thirds vote by both houses. It's so it doesn't have the... Uh, the issue and the requirement to have the signatures adhere to the one-fifth over four districts, which is the technicality that got this whole thing tossed. Time for a break here. When we come back, I promise you we're going to do the giveaway. Stay with us.
24: More savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade. Get 0% financing our $1,500 off new 2021 Mazda 6s. Plus, get 0% financing on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Think you can't get approved? Think again. Our credit specialists are standing by to get you approved today. Because 100% credit approval is our number one goal. And we'll give you top dollar for your old vehicle, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Plus, you can buy confidence, with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Bring in your current vehicle. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So if you want more savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade, then get to Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for
17: complete details through battle. parents,
16: Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where Garden Mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway
19: 49 South in Richland. This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. The USDA said it will purchase up to $159 million in domestically produced seafood, fruits, legumes, and nuts for distribution to a variety of domestic food assistance programs, including charitable institutions. The purchase this will be done under the authority of the Section 32, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, and is one of many actions the USDA has taken to address the disruptions in the food system supply chain and the worsened food insecurity resulting from the pandemic. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack noted the fisheries the seafood sector have been dealt a heavy blow from COVID, and this action is one of many efforts to address those effects, he said. Selected commodities include Alaska Pollock, Gulf of Mexico, and South Atlantic wild-caught shrimp, Pacific pink shrimp, Pacific rockfish and whiting fillets and sockeye red salmon. The inventories of these commodities and others are in high oversupply due to decrease in demand because of the COVID pandemic. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Smart shoppers will tell you they found it on HighBid.com.
17: HighBid.com lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items, and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. HighBid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale. Every Every day, it's easy to search, and it's easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HiBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com, and see what everyone is talking about.
6: If you need a contractor to help rebuild your home after a disaster, don't get scammed. Go licensed. Be skeptical about door-to-door offers of repair services. Ask friends and family for recommendations of contractors that they've used. Get at least three bids and never pay in cash. Don't make a bad situation worse. Protect yourself and your family after disaster strikes. Go licensed. For more information, visit our website at www.msboc.us.
0: Everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi.
20: Now, now,
0: now, back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino.
20: Great news, everybody.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
20: Mississippi. Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Several of our uh, members of our audience are reminding us of what the name of Ronnie Dangerfield's uh, dive was. What was it? The Triple Lindy. Ryan and Madison, Malcolm from Tisha also from the 662, couple from the 662, Moe's, William and Brandon. Appreciate that. I, we could remember it. The Triple Lindy. That was awesome. I remember when he was sitting in the classroom, and he he schooled that professor about what it takes to get in and operate a business. He just went down the list. It was so much more informative than what that goofy professor was telling him.
2: Or his uh, argument in history class with Professor Sam Kennison yeah, about right. the Korean War.
3: Kennison. That's a name I hadn't heard in a while. That's awesome. Uh marinol is medical marijuana. They are just calling rec weed medical to fool the people. We've had med marijuana. It was prescribed during chemo treatment. You don't smoke it though. That's on the C Spire text line. How about that? You know, the house over there in Louisiana, I believe, has passed two bills, one to decriminalize marijuana and one to legalize recreational pot. I bet it passes. I, I just feel like it would. A lot of people, of course, want to really impose substantial taxes on uh, medical marijuana, and uh, because I think that that's something, a, a place where we could get some revenue for infrastructure and education, which consumes the vast majority of our budget. Medicaid would come in there right under that. Uh, you know, the question is, I think, what's the right tax? What is the right tax structure? What's, what are the rates? Should we tax only at the retail point of sale, the transaction between the end user and the seller, uh, and exempt, in terms of, of uh, some sort of transfer transaction tax, should we exempt the uh, those involved in the growing and distribution? and supply and all the other elements of the industry, of course they're going to be subject to income taxes that have to pay on their income. Uh, But should there be a value-added tax, an excise tax in the transfer, kind of like the way the alcohol distribution works in the state, where the state-operated distribution facility levies a tax that uh, is passed on to the retailer, so which generates a fair amount of money for the state. This is the dilemma in the effort to figure out what to do with the ABC and privatize it. If you did that, you got that tax element that's in there that uh, generates a fair amount of revenue. If I'm not mistaken, 80, $90 million bucks a year. Somebody out there
2: uh, help me out with that. It seems like that's the number that's in my head. So real quick for you. Yeah, We've got to give away some tickets, because concerts are back, and uh, last Friday, tickets went on sale for ZZ Top at the Brandon Amphitheater in Brandon, so if you want your tickets and you don't win today, you can go to Ticketmaster.com or the Brandon Amphitheater box office to get your tickets to ZZ Top, but this is your last chance on the JT Show Mm -hmm. to win a pair of tickets to ZZ Top. Be the third person to text into the C Spire text line. That text line number is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Again, the C Spire text line number six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Be the third person to answer the trivia question, and you'll win a pair of tickets to see ZZ Top. The trivia question is: Who is the only member of ZZ Top that is known for having no beard? <laughs> He has a bit of an ironic name. Or at least he doesn't have a long beard. The only member. Give us his name. Third person. You get two tickets to check out ZZ Top. I apologize for putting that off. I
3: just realized my watch has stopped working, and I don't have the correct time. So I'm a segment behind as a result. Apologize for that, folks. Thank you, Rhino. For
2: We've got a winner. The correct answer was Frank Beard. Frank Beard didn't have a beard. He is not known for having a big beard. There you go. How about that?
3: Very cool. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm seeing all the texts rolling in. Very cool. Paula Meridian, by the way, on to that subject that I just posed the question: How should we tax medical marijuana? Medical with a seven percent sales and two point five percent program tax. Recreational seven percent. And a ten percent program tax, separate dispensaries, and zoning—you guys can be the heroes. National attention that Mississippi is making positive progress ahead of posturing Democrats in Washington. What I want, what I sent my senator. Interesting. Appreciate that, Paul, for you weighing in on that. Uh, that's an interesting approach, but I guess the question I still have is, what about the distributors, which currently don't charge? You don't have a, a sales tax or tax levied on the transfer and the transaction between a distributor and a retailer. Anyhow, we are out of time for this hour. We got news coming your way, and when we come back, we got Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Stay with us. The JT show continues.
20: I'm Chris Foster. The Supreme Court agrees to hear arguments over Mississippi's proposed ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. It's been blocked by lower courts.
21: At issue, whether laws restricting elective abortions based on viability are constitutional. Several Republican states have passed more restrictive abortion laws in recent years, including so-called heartbeat bills. But Mississippi's ban is the first to reach the U.S. Supreme Court.
20: Fox's Rachel Sutherland, the case is expected to be heard in the fall with a decision announced next spring. Target is ending its mask requirement for shoppers fully vaccinated for coronavirus, where local requirements allow it.
14: Walmart, Trader Joe's, and Starbucks are among other retailers relaxing their policy. Target still strongly recommends unvaccinated customers and employees wear masks. And it's continuing increased safety and cleaning measures in Target stores, including social distancing.
20: Fox's Ginny Casola. America's listening to Fox News.
13: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
21: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. When the state Supreme Court struck down Initiative 65 Friday, it had little to do with medical marijuana and everything to do with the initiative process. Former state Supreme Court Justice George Carlson explained that when the initiative process was passed in 92, there were five congressional districts.
7: And all the language on getting the signatures on the petition relate to getting signatures uh, from all five congressional districts. When Mississippi lost a
21: congressional seat after the 2000 census, that language was never changed, though there were seven attempts to do so. The impact the ruling will have on pending and past initiatives remains to be seen, and you can bet this will be a hot topic in the upcoming legislative session. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman expects lawmakers to revisit medical marijuana in January. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
5: It's the first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being
12: made right now Chocolate cheat cake. Different. It's richer and chocolatier. Count on Bluebell to make it into milk chocolate ice cream with delicious chocolate sheet cake pieces, chopped pecans, and a chocolate icing swirl. It's fresh out of the oven. (laughs) I mean freezer.
21: The commission is being formed to investigate the January 6th uprising at the U.S. Capitol. In his role as Homeland Security Chair, Mississippi Representative Benny Thompson helped introduce legislation to form the commission with a goal of recommending any necessary security changes. Thompson says we owe it to the Capitol Police and all who enter that building to investigate. The final report should be complete by December 31st of this year. The investigation into what caused a plane to crash into a home in Hattiesburg in early May is ongoing.
14: The crash claimed the lives of the plane's passengers, two-year-old, Harper Provenza, 23-year-old Anna Calhoun, and 67-year-old Louis Provenza, all of Wichita Falls, Texas. It also claimed the life of 55-year-old Jerry Stanley of Hattiesburg, who lived in the home. A preliminary report from the National Transportation Safety Board is expected soon.
21: I'm Kelly Ben.
11: Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your neighborhood Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey. On the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack, you can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda's been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire and Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC Certified Mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes engine diagnostics belts hoses brakes wheel alignment and of course tires just like kenda designed for your journey gateway tire and service centers supports mississippi outdoors and of course we go the distance for you
0: tune in to good things with me rebecca turner it's mississippi's radio
21: happy hour weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m right here on supertalk jackson 97.3
0: You are listening to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show with guest host Gerard Gibbert. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show is presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. The Foundation supports projects associated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks to protect and preserve Mississippi's wonderful wildlife heritage for generations to come.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. In the studio, Adam Butler, wildlife biologist. Chris Reed, of course, with law enforcement. And Corey Wright joins us with the Mississippi Museum of Natural uh, Science. (laughs) Uh, And we got some other guests here in the studio. (laughs) There's other guests. Oh, yeah. King...
25: Uh, and corn, <laughs> and I guess, to be named. I uh, got you. they may actually
26: have names, Corey. Do they have names? Uh, they actually do Elvis and Elvis. Maisie, Maisie, Elvis, and Maisie. Uh, okay,
3: jar's gonna hold them. Here in the Negative, minute. that's a deal. Negative. <laughs> well, tell them what it is, will you? What do we got? We got we're gonna talk about snakes okay. today.
25: Yeah, we got okay. Co- Corey. Corey's with the museum, and he, he has some really good programs on snakes, and talks about snakes all the time. So we figured it'd be a subject. F- but he brought he brought some along, you know. I see him. You look yeah. like the kind of guy that would hold a snake. Negative. No.
27: No. I there's got two, some there's friends. Two groups out there in the state. There, there are those that go towards the snake, and then there's those that go away from the snake <laughs> whenever the encounter takes yeah. place. Yeah. I'm kind of in the middle, I guess. It just depends. Like, I stand there like and watch. Just like, what his... is that kind of snake? And before I make my decision, is the turkey goblin really, really good before I make my decision to go which direction? Some people I've seen that go out to Texas on their turkey hunts and they'll catch them and put them in the back of people's trucks. And when their buddy comes back to put his stuff in the truck, there's a snake. And, you know, that's one of those old little jokes that you probably wouldn't be too fond of. No.
3: I'm yeah. in I'm in the latter category. Yeah. Run away the from them. Yeah. Distance. Create <laughs> space. Yeah, <laughs> I saw two playing golf this weekend, and they were the bad dudes. Yeah. Cottonmouths are all, all over the, the waterways. You like, weren't th- going to get your balls in the waterways. You told us about that about a few weeks way. ago, I think. I saw this, them again.
25: This golf course
26: must be just overrun. Well, it's
3: Annandale, right? and I don't yeah. know if I'd say they're, it's overrun, but this
26: does seem to be the time of year where they're out most. Is yeah. that right? It is. Um, There are some snakes that look. Similar to a cottonmouth.
3: mouth. Oh, well, it's got that familiar diamond head and and that, those they're that's fat so, in the middle. That's how I know. They're always fat.
26: Short and stubby.
3: It's, it's yeah. Short and stubby. Short and
26: stubby. They got going. lots to eat out there. I'm figuring. <laughs> yeah. It's like an
25: all-you-can-eat buffet out there. They're probably eating little toads. Yeah. Don't the cottonmouth like the little, little toads? Little
3: frogs, frogs and toads. And, toads. and they kind of have a bit of an odor to them. Yeah, very pungent odor. Very. And that's – so that's how I, I'm sure I'm not now, perfect wait a minute. in identifying. How but in you, close uh, did
25: you get to these things well, tell you, with, the, uh, p- with smelling? I mean, uh, you're just probably who you're playing with. Than they, I'm, had go, <laughs>
3: they had to go there and get their ball <laughs> It's either that or brim because the odor is kind of like a real strong brim smell. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, it's not that I wanted to be close to them, and I wasn't looking. They they like to uh, sort of curl up uh, in the little gap uh, where a, a footbridge meets the bank, uh, mm. and so you yeah. come across that footbridge, and you and I'm always looking down because I know that's where mm. they are. And thinking, I need to stay in the middle of the footbridge and not along the edge there. And twice I look down, and there those dudes are. And um, and of course, I'm at a distance, and they just kind of slither on into the water under the bridge there. But so anyhow, that's how I know they also like the rocks. We have a lot of rip rock in Mm -hmm. the um, keep them warm in the creeks. Yeah, Yeah. is that what is that
27: what for? That's like even the like the bass or the fish in the springtime. You'll start catching fish up against the rocks sooner. Because you know the sun that yeah. stuff they'll start holding heat okay. and they'll gravitate makes that way. sense yeah uh,
3: well they are plentiful uh, out there and as they are in Mississippi right cotton mouse
26: cotton mouses uh, neurodias or non venomous water snakes they're all out there and it is usually more water snakes non venomous snakes than there are the cotton mouse okay you know, so
3: water snakes are venomous too
26: they're not venomous they're, they're, they're not venomous right. but if if they bite you, like a diamondback water snake, in their mouths they have a anticoagulant which makes you breed, bleed profusely if you're bitten. Well,
3: that sounds poisonous to me. <laughs>
26: <laughs> that sounds like a reason to not yeah, get bit. Exactly. Yeah, make you need to change your clothes if you got bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we've
3: we've
25: got a little uh, we've got a little stream back behind our house, and um, my my son and daughter were playing down there about two weeks ago, and um, they came back up to that. Of course, we you know. We'd had to talk with them about watch for snakes and be careful and all that. But, you know, I'm kind of encouraging them to go explore the creek a little bit. And uh, my son comes back, you know, they'd seen a snake. So the little girl was scared to death. And my son was just more kind of nonchalant about it. And he ends up going in inside to, to my bookshelf there and getting the, the field guide out and looks through it and figures out that it was a water <laughs> snake. So really? he was real. Yeah, I, I just kind of wow. like the, Proud biologist father moment like he comes back oh this is what it was it was a water snake I was like yeah that makes sense
26: be a water snake don't I'm sure surprised. there's a
3: app right that you can shoot a photo of it and it'll identify like I know there are for plants I yeah dry, I'm yeah. sure
26: it's the same um, field guide is there's a digital field guide that you can do that with okay hmm. if
8: you can get
27: them close enough uh, you got get
26: close to that snake to get a good quality picture well
27: yeah. know <laughs> I
26: don't want
25: to encourage the
3: so, youngsters to be doing that all right just so what yet. do we have in the studio. Now we're kinda of going out of order in the segments here, but this is so fine, right? So what, what 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 did what did you bring us today, well, Corey?
26: What I brought were uh, are two um non venomous snakes. One in particular is a corn snake, um, that is commonly in Mississippi. Yeah. And the other is a speckled king snake, which is very common in Mississippi and yeah. both are helpful to the environment. Okay. Even I hear the saying a lot, a good snake is a dead snake. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not true. Snakes um prevent a lot of things like overpopulation of people mm-hmm. hate rodents yeah mm-hmm. a mice and rat can produce every 3 weeks so that's a lot of grandchildren okay. that are born okay. um uh, for the speckled king snake he loves to eat snakes okay so he detours other snakes from coming in your home sure the ones <laughs> that probably have venom,
25: well, Chris. Uh, while we were out waiting in the in the waiting room there, Chris suggested we throw the corn snake in there with the king snake and just see who who dukes it out. But Corey really wouldn't wrong wrong let wrong us wrong do that. Actually, Corey said the corn snake wouldn't stand a chance, no. that he'd be he'd be eaten pretty quick, tko yeah. Really,
26: by the king snake. The king snake would take him out.
3: Really. <laughs> Right, well, the corn snake's not venomous, though, right?
26: He is not, but the um, king snake is actually has some immunity to a snake's venom that okay. are venomous. But he is—it's like a switch with that king snake. If he sees a or is encountering another snake, he would get if he's small enough or okay. the right size, that snake wouldn't last. I'll
3: be darned! I didn't know that. So uh, I will also have to disclose that about two weeks ago, uh, playing golf. Um, I hit my ball in this case uh, in a, a grassed over ditch that's got some rip rack in the bottom and and a little stream running through it and i'm in it the grass is kind of high and I'm looking around and I see out of the corner of my eye one of those king snakes it looked exactly like that mm. and it was curled up in the grass there and of course I jumped back because all you see is it's a snake that's curled it. up and taking right. back up and then say and I looked at it i I did. I knew it wasn't a moccasin. I knew yeah. it wasn't a bad guy. I probably would have been bit. I was close enough to it. But one of my friends, uh, is kind of an outdoors and uh, actually, f- uh, photographer. Okay. Uh, while a, a, a phys- he's a radiologist here in town. He's, he's very good. He's got one of these expensive yeah. cameras. But he immediately said, "Oh, that's king snake. What'd you call it? speckled king snake?" Yes, yeah, He said it. And so we went up on the bank and uh and hit our balls and proceeded. And we looked again. It was gone. So but it but it was so still in that grass and just like he's kinda doing in your container there, you just had it we could barely see <laughs> yeah. his head just kind of moving around but perfectly still.
26: They camouflage themselves well, but they cannot hear. That's what people don't ah. know. Snakes generally well, they're deaf. They don't have a ear canal. I'll be darned. So they sense motion and vibration. Okay. So that vibration from the ball, the golf cart, yeah. they walking, feel that. They feel the vibration. Amazing.
3: Well, so, yeah, I, uh, so those guys are good, and we, want to, we don't want to take them out just because they're a snake. That's the message there, right? right? They're yeah. good for the environment. They p- play a role.
26: Every snake plays a role, believe it or not, even the venomous yeah. snakes. Um, there are two main types of venom hemotoxin and neurotoxin, but they break off into branches. You, you also, um, with non venomous snakes, they mimic the venomous, and I haven't said it once poison mm-hmm they you, okay. you, a lot of people say snakes are poisonous, okay um they're venomous, meaning the venom is injected into your bloodstream. Poison yep. is generally ingested, okay, gotcha. So snakes are venomous. they have an apparatus to inject the venom within you yeah, okay bite things yep, <laughs> and they're like hypodermic needles. Mm. so they actually have um glands that they can squeeze. And they squeeze droplets of venom into your body, which flows through your bloodstream. Gotcha. Hmm. How about that?
3: All right, so how many do we have venomous snakes? we got a break right here. When we come back, you're going to tell us about how many venomous snakes we have and yes, sir. how we should identify them and what they do. We'll be right back. Mississippi Outdoors Radio is on the JT Show. Stay with us.
13: It's a madness sale.
4: We're back on the lot. The deals are
13: astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors.
12: Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call two men in a truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomininatruck.com.
18: Madison Sellers proud to be a sponsor of SEC Sports. They're your headquarters for all your wines and spirits. From special party needs to picking up that favorite bottle of wine for dinner, it's all at Madison Sellers Premium Wine and Spirits. Highway 51 at Madison Station Shopping Center.
0: Coors Light and Family Termite welcomes the Mi Crazy Comedy Tour featuring Chad Prather. I hear somebody yelling across the parking lot.
5: Chad Prather, is not you? With special
0: musical guest, Cole Ford. My life, my life is perfect. My truck, my coat. 10 penny. Plus, Ira Dean and Andy Griggs. Coors Light and Family Termite welcomes the Am I Crazy Comedy Tour. Thursday, May 27th at the Scott County Forest Convention Center. For tickets and more info, visit watchchad.com. WatchChad.com.
6: Richard Cross, be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
3: Welcome back, everyone. The J.T. Show. Mississippi Outdoors Radio is with you today. And uh, so, Corey, Corey, uh, Corey Wright from the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science has brought a couple of <laughs> visitors, shall we say. Non-venomous snakes, right? Correct. All right. So, we were before we went to break, you were going to
26: tell us about the venomous snakes in Mississippi. Yes. There are uh, a total of six venomous snakes in the state of mississippi wow um out of those six five have indicate indicators that let you know or show you that they're venomous um they're all the same okay. those those uh snakes i'll i'll give an example of what they look like and then i'll name them um the five that have the distinct look is um, one is a triangular head and the second thing is an elliptical eye or a line in their eye like a cat's eye but you're too close if you see the eyes for real (laughs) too close (laughs) but um those five snakes that i just was talking about their um look is three species of rattlesnakes the diamondback which is one of the largest the timber or canebrake rattlesnake same snake two common names, and the pygmy rattlesnake, which is the smallest of the rattlesnakes. Also you have the cottonmouth water moccasin, that's his whole name, with a bright white mouth. Um, and the last snake with the triangle head and elliptical eyes is the copperhead. Okay. Um, the sixth snake does not have a triangular head but it's one of the most or highly venomous snakes and it's on near the south it's the southern snake and it's called a coral snake they're not big but they're very potent um the coral snake has colors that let you know that they're venomous they have rings the colors are are in a particular pattern red and yellow when red touches yellow this is the same when red touches yellow it kills a fellow that snake is also rear, rear fanged so it has a chew on you to inject venom but he can do some serious damage. I might need a book. <laughs> um,
3: you don't have time to think about all that stuff. That's uh, Right. So I think the thing I'm learning here, Corey, I didn't know before, is that there are some species of venomous snakes that don't have the, the uh, diamond head. I always thought that was the trademark for a venomous with
26: snake. The, um, it's the only one, the coral oh, snake. And okay. like I said, with the color pattern red and yellow, yeah. red is like a stoplight. Red means stop. Yellow means caution, even okay. though I speed up when it turns yellow. But red means stop, yellow means caution. Okay. In that order, you can hurt yourself if you don't follow it. So, um, there. But there are two snakes in Mississippi that mimic the coral snake. Okay. Scarlet king snake and a red milk snake. They're both types of king snakes. And their color pattern is in a different order. That's called aggressive mimicry, where they try to look like their counterpart, yep. and their colors are red. And when red touches black, or red and black, friend of Jack, a friend of Jack, and if you don't know Jack, well, who get knows back. what you say these days?
3: <laughs> 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 gotcha. Well, whew, that's uh, I, I remember a, that I from
27: grade school. Like when I grade school, when I was younger, <laughs> like those sayings: red touches yellow, kill a fella.
3: Yeah, I do remember
27: Red touches that. black, friend of Jack. Yeah, that was when Jack was Jack. Yeah.
3: yeah. I do remember that um, <laughs> Jack was. Jack. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, but I, I certainly didn't know about the that you, we had one that didn't have. It's only one you said. I didn't even know we had six. It looks six. just oh. like another old, just like a. It
27: looks
25: kind of like the like the head and all that. Mm. So,
27: you know, it's just I've never seen one that ain't good in the
25: wild. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't know that I ever have either. They, like, coral snakes are really. They I guess they live up. underground.
26: Yeah, why they, you don't really see them. They burrow a lot. Good. And they live okay. in little tree cavities southern or southern part of the state more so than here. Cadizburg, like okay. and south of Mississippi. Okay, hmm. good.
3: So, is the snake population is it stable, increasing, decreasing?
26: It's steady. Um, is certain species are kind of on the decline. One particular one is is declined. Technically, it's extirpated, meaning it's no longer in the state of Mississippi. Is the the um, eastern indigo, which was one of the largest snakes huh. we had here. Hmm. It Did got they get up, like eight feet, don't they? Yeah, they get up about eight, eight Whoa. and a half feet, making way up to twenty pounds. They eat rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. What? It's a southern snake, so I you guess gotta be if you heavy
27: rattlesnakes. You're gonna be putting on <laughs> some weight. Yeah, <laughs> twenty pound eight foot snake. That is is eight. that's big, dude. Yeah, no. I'd be gone. I'd get in the truck and go to the house.
26: And they share a burrow with the gopher tortoise. So, you know, the gopher tortoise is a, another endangered species, so wow. they coexist huh. with other animals. Wow. It wouldn't coexist with me.
3: Burning all kind of stuff. That's why you're here. We appreciate that. So I've uh, run into some copperheads out and mm-hmm. about. They're uh, – a lot of them around it seems like beds, seeing people uh, on social media say they they have uh, found them in their their lawns their yeah, yards and like stuff like
26: flower beds and stuff yeah, yeah after exactly. this bad storm we had yeah. with the high winds and yep. knocked all those trees down I've seen a lot of snakes out because really? of that. it's That's actually building habitat for snakes. Mm. That's why I always tell people to keep their yard free of debris in their garage. Because have you ever noticed you always find a snake in a garage with clutter? Yep. Um, when you see a snake, generally they're not crawling out in the open. They're using the wall as safety. Mm-hmm. And if they have things to back them, they feel more comfortable. They're going to find things within that area because they hide. You have these Mediterranean geckos. some of these snakes will mm-hmm. eat that. Frogs will hide in there or reside in there, even in uh, spiders, they'll eat spiders, and then of course, rodents, yeah, so you know, and with all that, you have the king snake that's looking for the snake, yeah so he he's trying to have a smorgasbord of food in there. I
3: ran into one when my wife was pregnant with my uh, second mm-hmm. child. She was uh, she was actually uh, on her back uh, in bed, had some circulatory issues in the last six weeks of her pregnancy. So I came home one day, just as you said, opened the garage, and there was one in my garage, and there was a pile of firewood at the back of the garage, and it immediately went to that firewood. That was so his? there I am trying to unstack that firewood. Uh-huh. <laughs> that wasn't any fun, and she was in the bed. Uh, but, but you. But you're. I never noticed that. But that that does make sense. And then the fact that they kind of hug the the walls that makes mm-hmm. sense too. It's so.
26: cover, and it's, it's it's for safety purposes because yeah. they don't have any arms and legs. Yeah,
3: make that makes total sense. So what should a person do if they encounter a snake, either at home or in the wild? What well, What do you one suggest? One
26: thing is to take. I know I always say this, and people think I'm crazy, but take two steps back, turn around, and walk away. You want to observe the your area. Um, you don't want to just take out running because you might run into a tree and knock yourself out. Yeah, that's true. Um, but <laughs> you you want to be safe, so move back slowly. You don't want to react because you can injure yourself. You can hurt yourself, or you can run, turn around, and run and run into another snake. But you
3: shouldn't just automatically shoot or or kill a snake.
26: No, you might hurt yourself, or you, you never know what could happen, especially with a gun, because it could ricochet or you might shoot yourself in the foot reacting because. you you just don't know. The best thing is to move slowly, and when you get enough distance, then you can speed up the process. I got you.
3: Well, what about, you know, I was always taught as a kid, when I used to go with my parents, uh, black picking back blackberries out on the you know on the uh, farms it really wasn't farms it was just land folks had that they had just planted yeah. a bunch of blackberry bushes and which my understanding was that especially the rattlesnakes mm-hmm. like the black being around the blackberry bushes I'm not sure why it's that, also a little moist typically around blackberries. that's what I was just going to say
26: yeah. um, they don't require water like that every day because they're reptiles and they're cold blooded or ectothermic that's a scientific word for cold blooded yeah uh, but that moisture helps them get water, and it okay. keeps them cool because they don't – when a reptile eats generally, they don't eat every day. They can eat once a month to once a week, depending on the amount of food in their area. But they can thermoregulate by getting energy from the sun. or yeah. helps that indigestion, and to get water, that moisture is down there.
3: I got you. Well, you know, when we were walking on the pass between the bushes, my dad would always stomp his feet hard. I guess to try to maybe send a message to.
26: He's, he's letting them know y- y'all need to go. Okay. Interesting. But we always carry the snake
3: bite kit with us too. <laughs> we would go Blackberry <fly laughs> Piggin just in case.
26: Yeah. That's um, another thing too that snake away. Yeah. That is, it can hurt a person. If you read the directions, it says do not inhale. Are
27: yeah. so you talking about the dust or stuff that put, people put out, mm-hmm. is it like sulfur or something like that? It's similar, yeah. It just has a real strong smell. It's just very be careful. Oh, that's like yeah. a like people just put it on your it. flower beds and they things They just grab like it with their hands and, and throw it
3: out. They just throw it out there and they're right.
26: inhaling all of that.
3: <laughs> well, So uh, before we go to break here, why do snakes have a forked tongue? Um,
26: yeah, just they, a minute. they have a sensory organ called the Jacobson's organ. They're tasting the air in every direction. And once they pull that tongue back into their mouth, they rub the organ. It works with their eyes, their sense of taste, um, their sense of smell. And it's like Google. It helps them find things. darn. So
3: can't hear, but God gave them all kinds of other special. They have special abilities. That's the way it works. That's cool. We got a break right here. We got Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. We'll be right back.
13: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 82. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, low around 66. Tuesday, a 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 85. And for your Wednesday, a 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 85. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard
4: dealer in Brandon. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's
0: Basils.
27: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Right now, we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range. Join now and get your first month free. While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing, to custom rifle builds. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip.
21: Pothole, pothole,
5: whack-a-mole,
21: pot-hole. What are the kids singing about? You know that game Whack-a-mole? Yeah. Well, the kids think the car tires are like the mallet, and those awful potholes are... Oh, I get it. That's kind of cute. Really, Mom? Tell that to my wheels and tires. Ugh.
6: Here in Central Mississippi, our roads are loaded with potholes. That's bad news for your wheels and tires.
21: Stop by the
0: Tire Depot for fast service or new tires. Tire Depot at the Reservoir in Brandon and Terry Road
21: in Byram. I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. When the state supreme court struck down initiative 65 Friday it had little to do with medical marijuana and everything to do with the initiative process. Former state supreme court justice George Carlson explained that when the initiative process was passed in 92 there were 5 congressional districts
7: and all the language on getting the signatures on the petition relate to getting signatures uh, from all five congressional districts. When Mississippi lost
21: a congressional seat after the 2000 census, that language was never changed, though there were seven attempts to do so. The impact the ruling will have on pending and past initiatives remains to be seen, and you can bet this will be a hot topic in the upcoming legislative session. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman expects lawmakers to revisit medical marijuana in
7: January.
21: For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
3: Welcome back everyone, Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Each week we feature one of the great state parks around the state of Mississippi. This week, Percy Quinn State Park. It's one of the original state parks, cleared and constructed by the CCC in the 1930s and was open to the public in 1939. Come explore this 1,700-acre park that offers a variety of of outdoor activities such as camping, picnicking, hiking on their eight-mile trail, fishing, boating, and playing golf. Their 700-acre Lake Tangipahoa offers excellent fishing opportunity as well as boat recreation. Percy Quinn has 100 newly renovated RV campsites, 27 cabins, 4 cottages, 9 motel rooms, meeting rooms, picnic pavilions, a group facility, a convention center, and more. You can make a reservation by calling 1-800-467-2757 or by calling the park at 601-684-3938. Of course, you can purchase an annual park permit for $50.00. That gives you access to all the state parks for a year. That's Percy Quinn State Park. It's located on Percy Quinn Drive in Macomb, Mississippi, down there in Pike County. Josh Hinton is the park manager. All right, so uh, Corey, uh, I got a couple of questions here uh, for you ricky and jackson wants to know about possums and snakes i don't know specifically what he wants to know ricky let us know that but is there anything special we should know about possums and snakes that you can think of
26: well for possums you see them on the road a lot
3: yeah
26: <laughs> um, one cool thing is a possum is a marsupial okay. um, a marsupial is i give an example like a kangaroo they're an animal that has a a pouch essentially. So yep. they're arrayed, they're when a possum is born they're about the size of a grain of rice. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. They're marsupials. I be darn. Um another cool thing about a possum is well what people don't know is they don't live that long. They can live no, up they keep to running about on across the road. Yeah. <laughs> they have bad uh, foresight.
27: So do do snakes eat <laughs> possums or do possums
26: eat snakes? Um no and no. Um, really, possums okay. prefer carrion or ticks. They can eat a lot of ticks.
25: I heard that here recently. Somebody yeah. told me like the amount of ticks a possum eats, and I was I was Seriously? astounded by yeah. the number. Yeah, they love yeah. ticks. It's that, like doesn't make any
27: sense. It's <laughs> yeah. like eating sesame seeds or something. Like that's it. Yeah. that'd be good. So like you need a king snake and a possum, and a possum around your house, so you don't have any venomous <laughs> snakes or ticks. <laughs> There
3: you go. <laughs> what you want
27: for Christmas this year, brother? <laughs> a pet
25: possum, I guess.
3: <laughs> Bill and Brandon says my daughter uses the Facebook Snake ID page. It works great. Hmm. Had a question also, uh, and that was in response to that. Wanted to know what the Snake app is. I thought there was a, an app you could download. There right? are so
26: many apps. Okay, now. so there's so, plenty.
3: Just yeah. go search for them, and you'll find one that you know, works. On but Netgeo that's interesting from from Bill. Yeah. Um, Jeff and Grenada says, All the snakes need to watch out for little Johnny. Not sure what he means by that. Red touch, black, friend of Jack. I'm not sure what that means there, Jeff. That, Help us that out. is
26: a non-venomous snake. Red and black, okay. friend of Jack. I think okay. that's what he was saying. How about
3: red, red touch... Yellow killer fellow.
26: That is the coral snake. Okay. That's the venomous one. And um for another uh thing about venomous snakes, the juvenile version of the the um copperhead and the cottonmouth, they both have a bright green tails when they're juveniles or babies. Mm. So that's an indication of a venomous snake as well if you don't see mm. the head. Mm. The 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 juvenile will have a lime green tail. Really? Mhm.
27: And is it, isn't well, it the case uh, also, is it true, uh, that
26: the juveniles don't know how to dispense the venom necessarily? Correct. So if they bite you, they just give you the whole dose. Yeah, they, they don't have those. They're, they're in their venom glands. They have motor skills. So yeah. it's just like a baby. They're gotcha. it, still developing.
3: How about that? My friend uh, Jimmy Nichols, he says that there's also a Mississippi Snake Forum Facebook. Jimmy, I think you're a snake aficionado, aren't yeah, you? That you're would, snake? That would be a handler. What's it? Jimmy, you have an event, right? That you did. Yeah, exactly. It's another day. <laughs> what's the What's the uh, the event that they have? Oh, um, I don't. Even, I can't remember. It's like he text me. Snake me. wrestling, yeah. snake wrangling, or something, wrangling or something, something like, like that. that. They,
27: yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big it's a big following there where they go. I mean, you know, you just get folks from the south enough space and time and opportunity to think. They'll come up with some some stuff that other people will look at and go, what in the world are these folks doing?
3: They're to- going out to catch snakes. It's the snake grabbing rodeo. He yeah. says it's 12th annual. Another friend of mine uh, that actually uh, he's listening to the show, he takes care of my, my lawn. And he says, you know, I have a red meat allergy from a bite huh. from a lone star tick three years ago. Yeah. Yep. How about that? That's, that's a, a that's uh, a real thing,
27: <clears> the <throat> real deal. We had an officer um, who experienced the effects of that uh, doing some doing some training. Uh, he had he had received a tick, but you don't know you have it until Damn. you know he, he he was in bad bad shape. We had to run in, rush rush him to the ER. Um, it, it's a red meat allergy that comes from a tick bite, and you don't realize it until you eat red meat, and you have, like your throat starts swelling up, and yeah, and so yeah, that's uh, need need to get a possum.
3: <laughs> that ain't cool. So, Bobby and Hazelhurst, I, I think, uh, Corey, this kind of uh, sounds like it relates to what you were telling us earlier about the injection, uh, or venom versus poison. But he says, is it true that you can swallow venom and it won't hurt you because it is not a poison and has to be injected, I guess, into the bloodstream,
26: right? Is Basically, that true? Technically, yes. If you don't have any open wounds or sores, hmm, how about yes. that? But you, you uh, may, I may don't think
25: to... I would recommend that. Yeah, that's what no, I No, was... disclaimer, we do not recommend that.
26: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a good lexitude. You to happen to run across before.
25: some snake venom do not ingest yes please
3: don't john in tennessee up. says i found a large non-venomous snake in the garage he was just hanging out in a box okay i i suspect that's i mean that happens, that's right? very common yeah, very common so uh, also, my friend Jimmy Nichols says he's got Ashley and Ronnie from Swamp People, Turtle Man, Uncle Si, Moonshine Mike, and more coming to turtle the man. 12th annual snake-grabbing rodeo. There <laughs> <It> ain't <laughs> no it, way he's got the tur- the, the real turtle man. turtle man? I don't know. The guy from Kentucky? live action yeah. I've dude. Seen the dude. <laughs> I wouldn't That's doubt. Crazy. When it comes to this snake-grabbing rodeo, I wouldn't doubt that the, turtle uh, Jimmy.
27: man is an entertaining moment. That you would spend. Watching. That ought to be. Yeah.
3: That ought to be cool. So, um,
26: let's see. How can you tell a male snake from a female snake? Um, I'll give you the PG thirteen version. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, with the male, depending on the species, the males are generally larger. Okay. For some, like I give an example, the king snake, a female would be larger. Wow. Um, Sometimes you can tell. By a shorter, stubbier tail. Yeah. But the main way is you have to probe them. You have to give them a checkup. So, Hmm. male has Hmm. glandular organ, and the female just has a cloaca opening. I'll be darn.
3: It would be kind of hard to get close enough to figure that
26: out. Well, it? that's when you just really got to hold <laughs> it a hold of snake. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I wouldn't advise anyone to go grab a snake and give them a checkup. I
3: agree. Te- uh, <laughs> David from Texas Amory on the C Spire text line says, Tell your guest I actually witnessed a four-foot speckled king snake with a moccasin halfway down its throat. That was in wow. Jefferson County.
26: They're they're pretty tough. They're like the pit bull that's of snakes. Amazing. They, they can hold their own.
3: Here's another one. This this would be uh, for you, Adam or Chris. Do you know who built Paul B. Johnson State Park or Corey? Maybe you know who built Paul B. Johnson State Park. Anybody know? I don't, I don't I know. Think. Michael and Barra wanted to Steve. know. know. All right. How about uh, do guineas eat ticks? Ronnie from Prentice. Guinea pigs t- probably the little bird. I, I, I would I, I would
25: imagine they would eat them when they come across.
3: I don't know How about that. Um i s I've seen I saw a spreading adder last week. Mm. Haven't that's, seen one since I was a kid in the seventies.
26: Actually a spreading adder is not native to Mississippi. What they call a spreading mm. adder is a hog snake. Um the hog snake is a rear fanged snake too that eats frogs and toads mainly. Um they will spread out. They will puff up, spread out like a cobra. Mm. They'll even play dead. Mm. But that that actual snake is a hog nose snake. They have a blunt nose for rooting up things to catch frogs and toads. How about that?
3: Uh, Also, Jimmy says he sent me a little video here. Jimmy, I guess that's Bob there, right? He says Bob can do a checkup, and I think this is Bob doing the checkup. I haven't played it yet. Video, (laughs) go Bob. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, Michael and Laurel says. He knows the answer. It was a rhetorical question. Michael knew the answer to who built the Paul B. Johnson State Park. He says it was German prisoners of war during World War II that were, I, I guess, uh, at Camp Shelby, he says. Huh. Interesting. They were held at Camp Shelby. How about that? We are learning all kind of stuff today. We really are. That's good. We got a couple of seconds, but do hogs eat snakes? They will. We can hog eat anything. Yeah, there they you will. go. They will. All right. Got a couple of more questions. Uh, One wants to know, spreading nanner snake? Nanner. That's the (laughs) hollow. nose. Okay. (laughs) I think that was a little text faux pas. We got a break right here. We'll come back. Final segment, Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Hang on.
7: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at DanksMillerCorey.com.
10: Are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an X mark. This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales and & Service, and if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special XMark pricing and special XMark financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days, that's 5 months before your first payment and still 0% interest. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to own the mower that landscape professionals purchase 2 to 1 over the next best-selling brand.
24: You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, the home of Ole Miss sports. Brought to you in part by All-Britain's Jewelers. Diamonds, watches, specialty gifts, and more. Your family-owned full-service jewelers since 1920. Visit All-Britain's Jewelry in their new location on Old Canton Road behind Highland Village.
6: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every day for the college football fix driven by Ford. Ford builds the SUVs and trucks of the future for everyone. Like Explorer and Expedition, these SUVs are built to command the road. And the 2021 Ford F-150, smart, tough, and built to get the job done. Because the vehicles of the future aren't built for a few, they are built for America. Drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today, and don't miss the college football fix driven by Ford. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike
17: McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. It's planting season in Mississippi, and our farmers are hard at work in our state's biggest industry. That means the roads may see some large, slow-moving farm equipment. It's important that everyone drive slowly, be patient, and stay safe while we feed Mississippi and the world. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it.
5: I'm not superhuman. I'm not superhuman. Someone saved me from the haze. It's just another war. Just another family toy. Just a step on the edge. Just another day
3: in the world we live. Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Super Talk Mississippi. So, we've had some interesting discussion uh, about all things snakes, and even got a couple in the studio. Uh, again, a, a speckled king snake. You going to hold the snake now? N- negative. Huh? No. We're running out of Rio time. said he will, though. Be like a I He's something. a snake whisperer, I think. And Jimmy Nichols, he sent me about 14 videos of people... Uh, <laughs> 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 dealing with, you know, you him uh, with snakes? Up. I do. He's got Turtle Man. I guess that's a rattlesnake, isn't it, in there uh, that Turtle Man is dealing with there, uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy? Turtle Man may have a rattlesnake. Yeah. Is it. this for the
25: the, the snake... Uh... The snake event? Thing? I
3: guess so. And he's got some video of hognose
26: snakes. He says they will play dead literally. Is that right? Is that kind of what they're known for? Hognoses are good. Some hognoses are good at playing dead. I had one that wasn't.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, oh,
26: POWs
3: also – oh, they had some at Camp McCain that were down there. I want to say, whether or not some POWs uh, out at um, in the Clinton area. Right. Yeah. Rhino? Yeah, off. I used to fly model airplanes out there. Mm-hmm. And that's also where the Waterways Experiment Station built their model
2: of the Mississippi River that they used. I believe there was also a prisoner of war encampment for German POWs around Centerville or in Emmett County? How about that? That's kind of weird. They'd bring them, capture them in, I guess uh, over in the
3: European Theater during the war and transport them back here and put them in POW camps. How about that? Well, we we have been educated a lot today. And we've been We're covering been a, very, a lot of territory. We are. Right? What but you know, we got a couple other things before we go Lake Mary Crawford.
25: Yeah, uh yeah, before we go. Um just wanted to let the listeners know Lake Mary Crawford is scheduled to reopen for everybody on the the 26th, which is uh what is that? Um the next week, middle of, middle part of next week, but this weekend, May the 22nd, we're going to have a youth fishing day. So if you're uh, an angler 15 or under um, and you accompanied by an adult, you can go out there and fish before the lake officially opens to the public. So... Uh, if you're a youngster or have a have a youngster, that may would be something cool to do this weekend. Yeah, go fish Lake Mary Crawford, which has been closed for uh, about two years, I think. Ryan, you know, was talking about that last week. So that's down around my home stomping grounds of Lawrence County, uh, near Monticello. Hmm. So youth fishing this weekend. Got
3: gotcha. you. Also, and, um, I was going to say this before we go, Corey. Somebody said they killed a 49 inch copperhead. What's the record? Anybody have an idea?
26: And uh, don't think it was 49 inches. That's big. Yeah, uh, that's pretty big, and it not trying to tell them that it's n- not 49 inches, but did they actually measure it? Yeah, exactly. Because you know how you have those people that have a picture and they hold the fish hmm. out by perspective? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fishing tails, snake tails, go ahead. What else we got, Adam? Uh, Mississippi Outdoors TV,
25: we got um, Panola County Rabbit Hunt. Uh, we're going to do a segment about black bears and black bear research in Mississippi and then bass fishing on Lake Whittington so that will be this Thursday at 7.30 on Mississippi Public Broadcasting and then re-air Saturday at
3: 5.30 Chris you've been quiet today what's going on in the law enforcement world Well, people acting right
27: yeah, it's kind of a—it's not a lull necessarily, but you know, turkey, the hunting season kind of ended, and now people are getting back on the water. More recreational boating is kind of what we're looking towards now, coming into Memorial Day weekend. So yep. we're just kind of patrolling those waterways and uh, you know checking folks that are fishing out there. And so uh, it's never—it's never a uh, a day off necessarily, but yeah, that's that's kind of the the mode we're shifting into now. Is uh is that season yeah. of uh, boating stuff? So, folks need to make make sure their boats are are checked out. Their stuff's working. Don't figure out while you're on the lake or on the river that your motor's uh, got some issues with it and fouled up and it quits working. So do that before you get out there. Make sure you all your registration, life jackets, all that good stuff is squared away. We're gonna see
3: a lot more. Did, isn't it true, Rhino? Do you remember In, in one of the early restrictions. Uh, ordered by the governor, or one of the early orders, I should say, issued by the governor, actually restricted use of the, the boat launches and, and use of the lakes and the reservoir. Wasn't that – do you remember that? Yeah, like I want to say that was one stuff. of the first was,
2: ones, but it was very
3: quickly yeah, it was, uh, figured out. Yeah, rescinded, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, w- uh, the point is, I think we're going to see a lot of activity this year, yeah. don't you think, relative to Coming last back, And people want to get out. Anyway, it does. So. People
27: do. And, uh, you know, I, it – you know, the only thing that would prohibit some of that activity would be fuel prices. We've seen that in the past yeah. when they go up. People kind of uh, are more, I guess, strategic with their, their use. They're not just as free will running out there, Yeah. you know, when it costs a little. But, but people will be itching, I'm sure, to get out. Do it we're, safe.
3: We're That's great. Appreciate you gentlemen coming on the show. Really enjoyed that, Corey. That's a great uh, discussion. You. Very educational. I think our listeners enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys did good. We'll see you all next week, right? I think so. Next week. All right. We're out of time. Stay safe. God bless. We'll be in tomorrow.
20: (laughs) A
8: Super Talk Mississippi (laughs) Media Production.